Hello Warhammer fans, we're back! Welcome to episode 15 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast that's so Warhammer that we drink shots from bolter shells. I'm your host, Matt, and joining me as always, a guy so powerful that he's in line to replace Ark in the Black. It's Cameron. How you doing, mate? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, there's nothing like vodka infused with uh, low-grade uranium shells. It's really good for you. <laughs> it's how we get through these episodes, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> It's a podcaster's yeah, trick. Yeah. <laughs> Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but how exciting. We're back after mm. a, a sort of little unexpected back. hiatus. So it's been about again. five weeks now. Yeah, four yes. or five weeks. We, we had our special Something meeting like episode with Adrian. So yes, we've not left you content less. We've just left you content deprived. It's not as bad. Exactly. <laughs> we've, we've, we want you <laughs> wanting more. So mm. this, we decided, well, actually life decided because... Yeah. Uh, Mm. As as said on the the Adrian episode or the the, the intro, I'm now a father, so mm. I've got yeah. a gorgeous little daughter called Summer, and yeah, she's she's doing well. Like I said, mm. she's got a few complications, yeah, to say, but she's doing but she's doing well. So it's like I said, the the last few weeks have been a bit all over the place for me, mm. sort of personally. But yeah. we're back on track now. We're back recording. And back talking about Warhammer, which is yeah. always very exciting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And actually, on, on that sort of subject, I just want to sort of give a few little thanks to people, really, because, mm-hmm. like I said, it has been a bit of a turbulent sort of uh, sort of month or so. So thank you to Cameron, first of all, mate, uh, for <laughs> oh. being patient. Oh, look, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously uh, being there to, uh, you know, to listen to me when I mm. need to sort of say what's going on, etc. So no thanks to you. Um, and also a big thanks to our to all the guys on our discord server really because mm. everyone's been really good and you know i i it's a difficult one because i don't want to sort of impose on people you know and yeah. sort of say about you know real life problems and things like that but then sometimes you yeah you need you a bit it. of an outlet yeah exactly so it's you know all, all you guys on there have been fantastic sort of you know sending me messages and you know mm. that sort of stuff it's it really is really appreciated because you don't have to do that <laughs> to be honest you don't have to be uh, nice to me in that regard so it's <laughs> it's really so <laughs> it's really well appreciated so yeah all good really so uh yeah here we are episode yeah. 15 Ooh. time is flying yet again <laughs> and what are we talking about in this episode <laughs> oh, so uh there yeah, just a bit of you know a bit of catch up you know yeah a bit of warm here a bit of warmer there <laughs> so uh on this episode we will obviously catch up on our hobby stuff what we've been mm-hmm playing buying reading etc over the last sort of month or so yep. uh, then we're going to go into the news obviously because like i said we've had a sort of little hiatus from a recording point of view we've sort of mm. cherry picked some of the big things that have happened because obviously yeah. we could be here forever <laughs> trying to play <laughs> catch up on everything yeah. so we'll go through all those sort of news bits and what we think of it the main law topic is in the 40k universe and we're going to discuss the 40k novel the devastation of baal 
and <laughs> so we'll see what we thought about it and all mm. that sort of stuff. And yeah. then at the end, we will have a short little discussion topic in the AOS universe where we're basically going to sort of after the, the inspiration of the latest Beasts of Chaos battle tone, mm. we're sort of going to discuss what we think they may amalgamate next from a sort of a faction perspective yeah. And, yeah. and our thoughts on that. And then we'll wrap up the show. So, mm. yeah, that is episode 15 for you. Right, Cameron, <laughs> let's go for it, son. Let's yeah. go for it. Yeah. Right Tell me it. what hobby stuff you've been doing. Uh, I have, sir, a list <laughs> because um <laughs> you have notes yeah i have notes uh because the last actual episode you know a month and a half ago uh, i said i hadn't gotten i hadn't managed to get very much hobby done uh and that i was going to improve for next episode and lo and behold i've improved um <laughs> excellent so a lot's been a lot has been going on in um cameron's hobby desk um <laughs> it's official, official it's got its own name now wow. oh yeah it's an official site i should give it like a little google <laughs> A little Google place so location. people can review it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You're gonna do guided tours as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, this but... is where he. This is where he spilt his nun oil. <laughs> oh god, don't remind me of that. You can. That's never gonna come out of the carpet. Um... <laughs> it's a historic event. That's what it's oh, now yeah. considered. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I decided. God dang it! I've been paying too much attention to Age of Sigma with all these beautiful Nighthorn. I've got to get back on my Death Guard nonsense. Uh, and so I did that. Um, I'm most of the way through painting a second Plague Marine squad and a Malignant Plague Caster. So hopefully sometime soon I'll be able to actually play a game with a fully painted set of Death Guard, which would be cool. Um, I keep going to the store with about a thousand points, intending to play a game. And I always end up playing Kill Team. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of got taking this thousand points and sort of going anyone want to play me <laughs> it, it's more like you know it's so much easier to get a, a get a pickup game of kill team because anyone who's ready yeah. for a game of 40k is also ready for a game of kill team and if someone's not ready for a game of 40k they're probably ready for a game of kill team um <laughs> turns Some out psychology in that oh yeah yeah absolutely uh turns out uh Death Guard are pretty good in Kill Team. Uh, toughness mm. five, a three plus armor save, and disgusting resilient all combined are really gonna gonna mm, do it to you. Uh, especially because you have Pox Walkers to use as mobile cover, which is great. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I've played a fair few games of Kill Team. Most recently, there were a few that stood out. We had a three player game, which was a lot of fun. Um, so it was Death Guard versus Space Marines versus such, um, and it was an absolute bloodbath. <laughs> because <laughs> three teams on a regular kill team board is uh, pretty tight, uh, as you could imagine. Uh, it was take prisoners, and I think the highlight was I got the very first victory point because I was charged by a Death Watch Marine, and then from across the map, the Space Marine shot a crack missile into the back of the guy's head. And um, the rules <laughs> say you get the victory point as long as you're within one inch of a slain enemy and there's no other enemies within two inches of that slain enemy, and I'm like, well... I'll just pick up this knocked out Death Watcher, I guess, take him prisoner. Mine now. Thanks. Um, <laughs> sort of the realization that a three player take prisoners can get kind of weird with shooting into combat. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, I had a solo game versus an Imperial Guard, uh, mostly Scions game that was sweeping clear where you've got to, you know, um, take enemies out and grab four objectives that are placed equally around the map. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I did win pretty handily. I won 16-3 to three in that. Um, hey! 
uh, on account of taking all the points and killing a few guardsmen and only really losing two pox walkers and one plague marine. So uh, that went pretty well. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, and then I fought a- another take prisoners game, but this was against one of the newer kill team factions. It was against the Galapox mutants from uh, Rogue Trader. Oh right, how did that go? Uh, not well. <laughs> They're very good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was also take prisoners. And the big thing with take prisoners is if if you get taken out in close combat and there's no friendly within two inches of you, you give up a point to the enemy. Um, right. I I did some spacing wrong. And so I had like three pox walkers get picked off on their own somehow. I was like, oh, God damn it. He charged what, way further than I thought he could. <laughs> he, he got like an 11 inch <laughs> charge. I was like, oh, no. This poor zombie's all by himself. He's going to give up a victory point. Um, and so I ended up losing that two or three to zero. Uh, but it was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, pitting the two toughest factions against each other was really interesting because we we were down to like one model each by the end of the sixth turn, but it went the full <laughs> six turns. Like the game would just not end. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> Guys, we've got to close the shop now. <laughs> oh god, it felt like that. Like it's like I've got to go home. I've got to start cooking dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I've got to finish this game. Yeah, um, but it was a ton of fun and like. I mean, I've said this a lot, but I'll say it again. All the guys at the store are really, really great to hang out with. They're That's great good. to play with. Really good community there. Um, oh, but we didn't get an ultramarine, which is sad. Um, for reference, today's the 500th store celebration thingamajig. Um, one it of is. the other Games Workshop stores, the one in Perth City, uh, apparently has an ultramarine manning the till. Um, yeah. <laughs> which I'm kind of sad I didn't get to see that. But on the other hand, I've got a very nice Games Workshop community to go to anyway. So they were nice. Just none of them were dressed yeah. up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dress up for me. Good luck. So, so are you getting the 500th? Because you, you did. You yeah. got the 500th Storm model. Yeah, I got the uh, the Age of Sigma one, the Nighthaunt Blade Geist. Yeah, it's a Blade Geist. Yeah. Um, which is, I'm not going to say it's controversial, but it's kind of weird because all the other like select limited edition models have always been hqs or leaders because that makes sense this is a basic unit from something that comes in units of five or more um but i i thought because it had a name it has a name it has a name on the it's a female yeah it has a name on the box but it doesn't have any special rules Hmm. it gives you the rules for the blade oh doesn't it yeah it it gives you rules for just the blade guys you know that's silly Oh, I'm surprised at yeah, that. Yeah, um, but whatever. It looks great, and it has um, a yeah. sickle weapon, so I'm just going to use it as a Knight of Shrouds with the Nighthaunt artifact that lets you just kill someone immediately every combat turn. Nice. Uh, which is... Yep. Yeah, just, you know, whenever you attack, choose a model next to you, roll if you roll over their wounds, they're dead. Nice and easy. <laughs> it's a good artifact. Um, yeah, and, you know, she's a great-looking model, so looking forward to getting her sort of cleaned up a little and painted. It's... What was interesting is it's a two-piece model. Um, it's right, super okay. simple to put together. And I know we've had complaints in the relative past about pegs and holes and easy-fit models. This one, like, slid <laughs> together perfectly. Like, it was a really, really smooth fit. Like, weirdly so, almost. Like, this should be more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this, Why so, is this easy so easy to build? To build? I don't understand. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the next range they're too easy oh, to build right yeah you're dissatisfied where's all the hobby? i wanted more complicated <laughs> oh man 
I managed to do it in two minutes. Yeah. What am I supposed to do for the rest of oh, my yeah. time? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was literally like clip it out, get the little burrs off where the clipping are. I spent five minutes looking for mold lines and I didn't find any, which is slightly concerning wow, to me. Good. I'm not sure if it's really good or I'm just going blind. Um, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I love the fact that it's causing self doubt for you. Well, not that they're, oh, they've improved their production. It's well, like, wait a minute, my eyes. Yeah, go? well, it's like I always, it's like I said on the painting episode, I always miss a mold line like on the legs, but this model doesn't have mm. any legs. So I'm worried that this mold line blindness is like transferred to a different part of the model and I'm not sure where. Um, <laughs> so we'll find out, I guess. Um, yeah, no, really great model. I didn't pick up pick up the Primaris Lieutenant, um, which that that was controversial because it's like the eighth Primaris Lieutenant or something to come out. <laughs> collect the whole yeah, set. Yeah, collect the whole set. Have an army of nothing but lieutenants. Why not? <laughs> it's, it's an odd choice, actually, isn't it? The fact that yeah. they're just choosing lieutenants because obviously a lot of people say, "Well, why didn't they do like a captain or I something think, like I that?" I think I understand so what it is. They want to do something not like super ostentatious because, like. The, the Bracard and the finery and everything on captains are all well and good, but I'm sure that takes A, a lot more development time, and B, I'm True. sure the sculptors actually do like doing like your almost bog standard marines, but like with a little, yeah, with a little yeah, bit. I can believe that. Um, so yeah. I, I think it might just be like that's the comfortable spot for we need to get this mini done this year fairly quickly. So it can't be anything too crazy, but it can't be just a normal. I suppose marine. also, well, good. I suppose also it makes it easier. To sort of upgrade, you know, whether, oh, yeah. whether you want to kit batch oh, or yeah. kit bash or convert it, rather than going down. Mm. So, like I said, if it was all fancy and you wanted, like, actually, I don't want this to be a captain; I want it to be a lieutenant. Yeah. It's a bit problematic. Mm. Whereas if it starts as a lieutenant, you either keep it as a lieutenant and go, oh no, I'll, I'll upgrade him to be a captain yeah, by yeah. you know adding that. some seals and and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, I can. It's pretty good. Um, mm. Yeah, so I've done some more Death Guard stuff beyond that, um, which is so eat. Uh, what is it? Owl-eared listeners will remember um, that in the deep past of like June or something, I bought a Mongol of Forge World back before Forge World became impossible to acquire in Australia. Um, <laughs> uh, and it was slightly miscast, so I wrote in not a complaint, but like a, hey, there's a problem with my thing. And they sent me a complete other one instead of just a replacement arm, which I thought was weird, but I'll take it. Uh, and so now that miscast Mongol has been put to good use, I've turned it into a Demon Prince, because... Every, yes. Everyone says you need a you need a prince with wings and double talons. I'm like, do I really need that? And I'm like, oh, well, it would be nice. <laughs> so I've done it up with like fly wings from the plague drone set and a whole bunch of green stuff work and some shoulder pieces like pulled off the tracks of a blight hauler and things. It's a lot of fun to make. Um, although he kept falling apart <laughs> uh, for a fair bit there, <laughs> so it was also somewhat frustrating. It's like. I've changed the angle that he leans onto the base, so he's off balance. So I've had to glue. Uh, it's actually an old pound coin uh, from the last time I went to the UK. I've glued under the base to help keep him steady. <laughs> oh, I'm glad Blighty is uh, <laughs> giving you some use. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, it was perfect. It was the perfect size. It fit between all those weird little divots on the underside of the base really easily. Um, <laughs> the queen's the queen's face fit perfectly. In there. <laughs> Look. Hang on, is that treason? From Look, the they're, they're heavier than Aussie coins. That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, true. Yeah, true. And, and I reckon it looks pretty good. And uh, I can't say the idea was mine originally. There's a guy on Bolter and Chainsword who is, uh, I think it's Augustus Biras. Um, a while back, like August last year, did 
basically the same thing. I was just scrolling through and I saw that. I was like, oh, well, now I have to do this. I've got a spare Mongol and this looks amazing. <laughs> um, so I doubt he listens to this, but if you do, yeah, good job, man. That's a really cool model you made and it inspired me to do one myself. Um, uh, <laughs> continuing with Death Guard, I made. You should go to your local shelter today and adopt a Dreadnought because they're not loved enough. <laughs> Um, and so I went to my local <laughs> shelter, i.e. the other hobby shop in the city, um, and in their second-hand display case, just curled in the back, alone and afraid, I saw him, that sweet, sweet second or third edition metal Chaos Dreadnought, like the one that's just like... Oh, a half, I love that Yeah, it's one. just like a half kilogram of pewter on stubby little legs, <laughs> with a tiny little plasma <laughs> cannon and a big weird power scourge all arcing out to one side. Um, he was painted in the Night Lord's colors, uh, and so I decided I'd do a bit of refurbishment, so I stripped him, and underneath the Night Lord's colors were Emperor's Children colors, and underneath the Emperor's Children <laughs> colors were Death Guard colors, and under that was another color scheme I couldn't quite identify, and then it was the actual model. Uh, so he- <laughs> The Russian doll yeah. of, of Dreadnought. <laughs> so, he's, he's probably been in service to, like, half the Chaos Legions at this point, but I've rededicated him to the Death Guard, uh- I stuck a few nurglings all over him, sort of pulling on cables and wires and things to sort of just botheration him. I put, like, a little symbol from, I think it's the Blight King set on one of the shoulder pads, and that's all I'm doing to change him up. I don't want to make him look too different, because he's classic. Uh, he's also actually, weirdly enough, like, almost the exact right size. Like, he is still as big as or a little bigger than the plastic box dreadnoughts, which is pretty good. Nice. Yeah, uh, and so... He's in the middle of being painted up in like a pre-heresy Death Guard scheme. I'm testing out. I, oh. I kind of wanted. I kind of want to test. Like he's ancient and venerable. Obviously, he's back from like the late 1990s or something. So uh, <laughs> why why should he have my fancy new Death Guard scheme? He should get the old one. True. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we'll see how he looks in that. I might change my mind and paint him better to fit in with the rest. But I reckon if I do the metals right and get the base the same, he should blend in all right. Um. Yeah. I did some more work on the night. You'll be proud to hear it's still going. Construction, <laughs> construction sign still up around the tip of the night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a theme park, June 2020. Oh yeah, look, it, it's probably coming 2020 at this point. Um, <laughs> god, because it's almost November. Oh my god, uh, time flies. Um, but yeah, um, I've in, in the in the vein of the Forge World Chaos Night, I have strapped together various blades to form a bayonet for his chainsword because it's not 40k unless you're sticking a sword to another sword uh, as someone on the discord pointed out <laughs> um <laughs> which i was pretty happy with it was i think i blended the plague cleaver from the plague marine set and the beard of the axe so like the point of the axe from the lord of blights uh age of sigma yep. model and they actually go together pretty well i'll I'll put a little green stuff to smooth them together, make some actual connections onto the chainsaw blade itself, but I really like how it changes how it looks instead of it just being a plum old chainsword. It's now a uh, very definitely chaosy nurgly looking. Um God, have I missed anything? Uh, I have missed a couple of things. I checked the list. <laughs> um, <God>. <laughs> You're getting used to notes for the oh, first yeah. time. <laughs> um So I'm not sure how much I talked about this last episode, but I got a smog. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that at very least. I got a. I think you yeah, did. Yeah, I yes. got a smog. The smog arrived. The smog is in was in relatively good condition, except for the first segment of the tail, which had mold release baked into the resin. So I have to send away for another bit of a tail. 
Um, but construction is underway on the very big dragon, and that's all we have to say about that, really. It's getting there. <laughs> Project 2025. Well, it's like half the time it's in the boot of my car in case I go to the games workshop and, like, I can't find a game. I'll just pull this out and start gluing bits together. <laughs> It, it's getting there. It's getting there. Um, <laughs> uh, there's more stuff. There's more stuff. Just this very morning, this very morning, the 500 store celebration Ooh. day, I went into store and gold donut. I said, I'll learn how to play this dang shade spy the kids are always talking about. Oh, that shade spy. Mm, that shade's or night yeah, They've, they've, dr- they've dropped their Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon <laughs> cards. They're now onto shade spy. Oh, God, it feels like it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I picked up Zarbag's kits, which is the Night Goblin team, because they look super cool. Lovely. And, uh, they seem really fun. Uh, pro tip, they are really fun. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they've got a, they've got a lot of things where, like, if one person moves, anyone who is next to them can also move and stuff like that. And so, cause, cause in Shade Spire slash Nightfall slash Warhammer Underworlds, you know, you activate one model at a time, like trading goes with your opponents. But with this, I can activate yep. one guy and then the two people next to him also get to move. And then anyone next to them also gets to move. So like at one point today, I moved one guy and then moved four other guys <laughs> to surround a dwarf <laughs> or something like that. Um, I did, I did a very, it was an introductory game because it was my first time playing and the first time playing for a couple of other, a uh, couple of the, uh, younger kids at the store. So we got, nice. we got four of the little boards and put them together and had a four player match. Um, oh, cool. yeah, I, di- I didn't do super well, but I didn't do awfully. So I think I understand <laughs> how the game works now, which is good because yep. it definitely seems like something I want to play. So I will probably pick up the night vault box at some point. Um, I gotta say, uh, you know the mechanic of inspiring, where if you complete a certain objective for a character, they flip their card and get bonuses? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Uh, for the night, for the goblins, everyone except the squig has the same, uh, inspiration goal, which is get three glory points, which you get either by completing objectives or killing enemies. And so at the end of the second turn, I got to three glory and seven people got better. <laughs> all at once it was like flip this card and <laughs> nice. flip this card and flip this card it was really it was really fun actually just like that moment of and everyone gets inspired yeah <laughs> <laughs> inspiration for everyone mm-hmm. yeah um yeah and it seems like it's a lot of fun so i'm looking forward to trying that out more in the future and excellent sort of painting those little goblins because they're very small and cute uh and they were pretty easy to put together because like four of them were only one piece models because they're goblins, you're not going to make them too complicated. Um, no. <laughs> uh, and that is the severely compressed version of my hobby for wow. the last month. That's and a the bit. compressed version. Yeah, like that, that that hit all the major points. I didn't go into like, and then I painted this ta- detail, and I decided I paint things this way. That's way too much information. <laughs> <laughs> we'll deal with this. <laughs> see this is what happens when we don't record yeah you actually get stuff done because well, it was like i don't have to think about things for the show anymore i've got to do this oh wait did i miss something did i say i started reading um plague war by guy haley no, no you haven't I've yet. started reading plague war by guy haley it seems like a very good book <laughs> um yeah it, it is it's the sequel to dark imperium so i'm sure we'll talk about it at yep. some point uh, I'm not oh, I'm yes. not super deep in, but it seems really good so far. I love seeing the continuation of characters from the first book. Um into this one, like you know, like Freda Matthew, like the priest Gilliman chooses to be like his yep. right hand priest, going deep into what motivates him and everything. Uh and then of course all the Nurgle stuff is great because 
Uh, you've got Gugath the Plague Father, you know, that great unclean one who's never happy about anything because he, as, he, <laughs> as a Nurgling, drank Nurgle's greatest disease and turned into a great unclean one. And so he's trying to recreate that disease just by this giant cauldron weeping and all the, all the great unclean ones are way smaller than him and they're going, oh, cheer up, it's okay. Work faster, work harder, everyone. Make him happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Nurgle. Yeah, and then, you know, one of them goes to get some bagpipes out and is like, no music. No, <laughs> everyone should just be miserable. Is there's a great line? It's like misery loves company, but there was no friendship to be found here, or something like that. <laughs> oh, excellent! Yeah, um, excellent. so that looks like it's shaping up to be a really good read. So, uh, yeah, that was that's my hobby. I'm pretty sure I've hit everything. I think <laughs> you've been a busy I've been boy. Very son. busy. Like, like I said, I haven't had time. I haven't had to focus on getting ready for podcast stuff, so I can just. I feel no. like doing some hobbies. Should I think about what to do for the podcast? No, I'll just do something. I'll just do it. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's funny you should say that, actually, because I think mm. doing this show actually does influence what you do oh, yeah. from a hobby perspective. Because you, it's difficult to sort of not talk about stuff mm. that you want to talk about or the fact that you think, well, I should do that because then I can talk about it on the show, whereas <laughs> yeah. maybe... If you weren't doing it for the show, then you think, oh, I can leave that now. Mm. <laughs> so it sort of it yeah, compels like, you to like do stuff. Overall, it's been a good push. I've done a lot more hobby in the last yeah, year same than I did back when I was initially in the hobby where, you know, I'd do like one thing every mm. six months or something. And now I'm doing like something <laughs> at least once a week. I mean, I'm getting wow. stuff done. <laughs> yeah, mm. definitely. Um, in contrast to that, <laughs> I haven't been getting stuff. <laughs> well, you've got a very good, you've got a very good, very present in your life reason why you've not been getting much done. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. I am very, very sleep deprived at the moment and having a month of going to and from hospitals and mm. things like that. So, you know, it's been a bit, it's been a bit sporadic, but you know, saying that I have done what I can. It's, you know, it's not really been model stuff but i have been doing a lot of <laughs> warhammer stuff well doing bits here and there so obviously i reread the devastation of Baal because mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about it a bit later um i have on and off playing been playing a bit more of uh, warhammer champions mm-hmm. the aos uh, card game on the android app which i'm sort of really getting quite into um i've also become or uh, recently uh, what they call a Velexor mm-hmm. on this part of their community so basically as part of Warhammer Champions you can basically put yourself forward to be sort of a member of the community mm-hmm. so you can you know to push the game uh, you could I think there's basically there's two sort of statuses one is Velexor and one is um, Heraldor mm-hmm. and I think basically one is for people that go into stores and teach people how to play the game like from a physical point of view and then the other one which is the one i've sort of been given status of is for people to push it from an online perspective Mm. so be on forums or you know i'll probably do some articles on our website Mm. for example um i I mean you you can actually get bonuses from doing it Mm. i think the more content you create you show them as proof and then they get you get points and you can get that to you know get t-shirts and stuff okay. admittedly i'm not really doing it from that perspective because <laughs> i probably won't yeah. be able to do enough to get to, mm. to that sort of level but i'm just doing it just to you know because i enjoy the game and you know just being part of the community really mm. so so yeah i've been uh playing a bit of that i just bought the death deck mm-hmm. recently and i've also bought the one of these sort of official play mats which are pretty cool as well mm. so you know i'm getting quite into that yeah. so yeah, here and there, I've been playing that. Uh, sort of before 
my daughter came along, I was building some Primaris <laughs> intercessors because as, as per what we do on this show, mm. by read, rereading the devastation of Baal, yeah. it makes me want to build some blood oh, angels yeah. because, you know, I'm weak like Hugh Cameron mm. and <laughs> <laughs> give in to my urges like this. So yeah, I've been build. I was started building some Primaris intercessors. Mm. Again, I, I think I've got about 20 of them built. So they'll become a couple of uh, squads or I can use them for kill team maybe at some point. Who knows? Um, for also, I then ended up buying some Death Company mm-hmm. off eBay, a squad of five, which unfortunately came with the older style bases or the older yeah. size bases, I say, yeah. which I think is what twenty eight mil, so rather than thirty two. Mm. So I haven't built those yet, so because I, I need to get some bases to, <laughs> to put them on. So yeah, that'll be something I'll do as well. So here and there, yeah, I'm starting to do a few <laughs> Blood Angels as and when. Um, I've got some red spray paint actually to try out mm. um from in the uk from halfords which i think we mentioned on the adrian episode last yeah, time yeah where they they do some really good primers just you know gray white black etc so i'm about to try their red just to see mm. if it is a good base color for blood angels we'll see mm-hmm. um what else have i been doing um i ha- have been reading a, a fair bit i started uh, a few weeks ago blood of iax mm-hmm. which is the one of the latest novels based around the ultramarines it's one where it's based around a chaplain and a apothecary yeah, you see yeah. on the front cover it was announced a, a fair while ago um i'm probably about a third of the way through mm. um and so far it's all right actually excuse me i just need to clear my throat <clears> throat> excuse me and <laughs> yeah i'm about a third of the way through and yeah it's, it's not bad in the it's a bit of a slow burner mm. to get started mm. it's a bit I know, a bit bolter porn yeah. at first, and you think, yeah, you know, it, but they're start, it's starting to pick up a bit of pace because there's the orcs are in it, mm. which makes it always really good. And, um, like I said, I'm listening to the audiobook, yeah. by the way, and like I said, the voice actor is doing the orcs really well. Uh, they're acting as you would imagine. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll have to get back into it because I think it, I was literally listening to it, I think, the day before my daughter was born. Mm. So <laughs> it's been significantly dropped since then. <laughs> um, so we'll, pick that up at some point um also i've started reading the actual book of lucas the trickster which is the space wolf book that came out mm, a little while ago i think about a year or so ago and uh, again i'm probably about a quarter way through that mm. and so far that's pretty good as well lucas is a very interesting character <laughs> he's very unspace marine yeah, like yeah. you know hence his name <laughs> wow. he's very jovial very uh, <laughs> but uh, no so far so good on that one as well mm. so I'll see how that one unfolds. Um, talking to Space Wolves, I bought the Space Wolf Codex mm. to start reading because what I'm trying to do is look my plan. Whether mm. this will actually ever happen is I'm trying to read a Codex or a Battle Tome every week um, or ones that I've not read yeah. before, yeah. obviously. Um, just you know, just why not? It just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> further my general knowledge and things like that. So yeah, so I've got the Space Wolf one to read next, which will be really cool. Mm. It was actually going to be the Beast of Chaos battle time yeah. because I think I put a poll on Twitter to people to vote. Which one should I go for? <laughs> um, but I was staying in near a nearby hospital and the game store near there didn't have, unfortunately, the Beast of Chaos mm. battle time. So, yeah. hence why I bought the uh, Space Wolf book. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, that'll be an interesting read to mm. do soon. Um, and I think the last things from my perspective is a couple of those video games. Mm-hmm. So... So I've basically been kindly given a code for Space Hulk Tactics by mm. 
the publisher of that particular game, which is the the latest Space Wolf. Oh, Space Wolf. <laughs> oh, tiredness. Space Hulk yeah, yeah. <laughs> video game, which is out on the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Mm. And from the you know little bit I've played of it, it's really, really good. Like I said, it's very similar to the previous Space Hulk games that, yeah. that were out previously, uh, which is Space Hulk and Space Hulk Ascension. Uh, it's still like an upgraded version of it, mm. where they've put a bit more polish in it. Some of the cutscenes are really cool. Some of the death animations, you've got slow motion uh, little cutscenes, like when you, you know, when you one of your Terminators, mm. you know, shoots your Storm Bolter at one of the Gene Stealers, it, you know, it does a, whoosh, <laughs> and you know, sh- shoots it really slow and and things like that. So mm. it's yeah, it's it's so far really good. It's got this little, well, this sort of little system based around cards. So like every turn you get a card mm. that you can use, which gives you a, an ability to use, or you can sacrifice that card and it gives you extra uh, points to be able to do, you know, move or shoot with your your Terminators, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a Gene Stealer campaign in there as well, so you can play as the Gene Stealers, I think, for the first time, yeah. which is really cool, yeah. so you don't have to be Terminators. And, yeah, so I think, you know, over hopefully the next few weeks, I'll play a bit more. I'll do an impressions thing mm-hmm. and put it on our website, hopefully. And, yeah, so far, so good. Um, and the other video game, a Warhammer game I've been playing, is Inquisitor Martyr, mm-hmm. which I got on the... PS4 recently because mm. it was on sale mm. it was including the season pass so I thought hey why not mm. let's go for it and it, for people who don't know it's a Diabo Diabo like mm. ARPG uh, video game yeah. uh, based around obviously being an inquisitor and again I've played probably a couple of hours of it so far yeah. and yeah it's it, again it's 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 pretty good it's again a bit of a slow one it's deliberately slow compared to those sort of games which mm. can be very fast paced um, I think they've deliberately gone for that sort of approach. Um, so you, you basically you pick your Inquisitor. You can have different. You can be like a Death Cult assassin. Mm. You can be your sort of typical tank-like uh, class, or you can be a Psyker uh, Inquisitor. And you know that dictates what sort of powers mm. and abilities you have, as you would imagine. Yeah. Um, but it's really it's really good so far. This, there's some nice little touches in it. Like for example, I know this sounds really silly <laughs> to mention this, but like the fact that. That you as an inquisitor, as a human, and obviously you got like guardsmen there. And when you're in, when you, your character is next to a space marine or a chaos space marine, it, the scale is is appropriate. Yeah. You're smaller than them. Yeah. You know, it's not like you all look the same size. <laughs> <laughs> For example, you 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 are dwarfed by a space marine, which makes sense. That's what would happen. Mm. Um, you you know, you've got a central hub area where you're basically, which is your ship, and you're teamed up with a very sketchy uh, rogue trader who you know is there to help you but she may have an ulterior motive i don't know i'll see how, how the campaign goes uh it's based around basically i think from what i gather the martyr is a, mm. a fortress monastery yeah. basically and yeah you know again it's from what i've read of the reviews so far it's got some really a really good campaign yeah. even for people that yeah. aren't into warhammer have really enjoyed it so yeah you know mm. i'll again continue playing it's a you know luckily it's a pick up and play sort of game you can pick up have a do a mission or so and mm. you know then put it down again so yeah yeah watch this space for that pretty cool yeah so uh, yeah that's been my hobby yeah, stuff um, reading and playing games yeah. <laughs> uh should we include our little um so there's been a lot of discussion on our discord lately uh and one of the things mm. we heard was uh we got we got a we got a rampunctious young lad on site by the name of squishy pyro <laughs> Um, <laughs> and he loves orcs <laughs> and who who can blame he him does for indeed. orcs are indeed 
green and green is best, as we all know. Um, <laughs> uh, and so he, he he did very kindly ask if we could read uh, sort of his backstory for his orcs out. Um, and, you know, why yeah. not? Um, so I've, I've yeah. got a little clipping over here. I just used a little snippet. Yeah, go for um, it. So basically, this is this is after the Horus Heresy, obviously. Uh, but orcs were invading <laughs> a planet owned by the Iron Warriors, so one of their giant fortress planets that, you know, the Iron Warriors have a great time. They go down, they set up a million <laughs> towers and a million walls, and they go, yeah, this is a good time. Um, and, you know, the orcs, orcs are orcs, so, you know, they, they enjoy a good war, they love a good fight, and all the heretical, and all the, her- all the heretical guardsmen and all the Iron Warriors they were fighting against seemed to really, really enjoy war. So it was just like, oh, we're just having a great time. We're having a good scrap together. Um, and, you know, they, they fell in love with the heavy artillery and the fortresses and the war of attrition style of fighting that the Iron Warriors had. And so when the main force of the orcs came, this is like the, the, uh, the leading tip of the war, I guess, was sort of, entranced by the iron warrior style of fighting um when the main force of the war came along uh they found not only iron warriors but orcs who wanted to be like the iron warriors um <laughs> you know wearing great, wearing man. iron plates with hazard stripes and things and the iron warriors go well uh, i mean i guess sure why not <laughs> <laughs> i mean like i i like the idea of I actually think this could be a thing that could happen because if I know one thing about the Iron Warriors, they love having meat shields. And what's a better meat shield <laughs> than do. Orc who's willingly going, you guys have got a pretty good idea. We should join in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the best type of meat shield. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, you know, these Orcs got, get good at building fortresses. They get really good with artillery and attrition tactics. They basically become Orcish Iron Warriors. And, you know, they really <laughs> love it. And so Squishy's idea for an army, which I'm assuming is like more of a narrative play army rather than like a match play thing, is to have an orc yes. detachment and an iron warriors detachment to fight alongside each other. Yeah. Which I think would be make for an awesome scenario, actually. Have like a, se- have a siege game with iron warriors and yeah. orcs defending um, against <laughs> uh, against other orcs, to be fair, is, I think is the idea. They have like a pure orcs force. Yeah. Going, oh, those guys don't seem very orky anymore. And the orcs on the Iron Warriors side going, look at all this dacker. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think he named them the Splody Boys. Yeah, yep. I think from memory. Yep, the Splody Boys, <laughs> which is nice, pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, thing is, it's, it's a great idea because. Hmm. I think on a couple of levels, because A, you could see that happening. That's a, oh, yeah. a plausible thing. And also, like you said, from a narrative point of view, that's what I used to love back in mm. the day, is playing those sort of, I don't want to say silly scenarios, because they're not silly, yeah. but where they're a bit, bit slightly different. Yeah, yeah, fu- yeah, fun. That's probably the better way of saying it, where, you know, yeah, what you know, you think, okay, some people may turn their nose up at that and think, oh, why would this ever happen? But no, it, it, mm. it could happen, and it, it would, like I said, it provide a really cool scenario, because you could imagine the Iron Warriors thinking, what are these orcs doing? <laughs> <laughs> why are they teaming up with us? But hey, why, why not? not? <laughs> you know, yeah. Exactly. And I, I think, you know, break the rules. Mm, you know, we've yeah. seen it, like I said, multiple times in Age of Sigmar where, like I said, these, you know, the rules aren't there anymore. Mm. Well, you know, if the rule well. book's not there anymore, just rip it up. Well, there is. It's a big rule yeah. book. But, uh, you know, do what you want, do what you want, really. Mm. What's fun. And 
this sort of scenario is great. Oh, so yeah. yeah, hopefully, you know, Squishy can give us a bit more of this, mm. these sort of little, <laughs> you know, expand on this law because I think this is really mm. cool. I think this is so yeah, no, well done, Squish. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and um, again, talking to our Discord as well mm. before we finish this little part of the show, um, we need to announce our competition winner yes, as well. Because if you remember a while ago, <laughs> um, you know, apologies that we're taking this long to announce it because, but again, because of real life stuff obviously there's been delays so yeah mm. so our competition winner winner was um smells like zero spirit yep. on our discord uh, uh well done to I him think he's also uh, lost hawker on twitter I think. He is yeah. indeed. Yeah, that's right. So just to confuse things, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his ulterior ego, <laughs> and yeah. So he's the going to be the winner of the AOS core book mm-hmm. that we're going to give away, and I'm going to chuck in a couple of uh, extra things as well. Mm. So it's on the verge of being sent out to him because <laughs> uh. <laughs> again, unfortunately, there's been delays. But uh, yeah, that'll be out on its way to him soon. So uh, well done to him. Yeah. Um, it was a lovely painted uh, Goliath ganger mm. from Necromunda. Yeah, it looks great. Which is really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so we put it to the vote. And, and also thank you to anyone else that entered as well. Mm. Some, you know, the entries are really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, as for anyone that uh, can't remember, we asked people to paint any Warhammer miniature in the colours of our podcast, which is white, black, and blue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with a bit of variation. And yeah, there was some really, and it was some really different entries as well. Yeah, it wasn't just yeah. you know, not everyone was painting the Space Marine. Stuff. And well, as you can see, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, well done to him. And uh, yeah, so that's been our hobby stuff. Mm. And so I'll take our first little break, and then when we're back, let's talk about what's been going on in the news. Mm. Back soon. And welcome back. Let's talk about some Warhammer news, Cameron. Let's mm. let's let's do yeah. it. I think it's that time, isn't it? Let's <laughs> let's <laughs> pilfer through all the things that have happened over the last sort of month. So yeah, like I said at the start of the show, we're just going to sort of cherry pick some of the things that have happened because, like I said, there's been a lot since we did our last main episode. Mm. Let's start with some chaotic beasts. Mm. So yeah, so as of now, the beasts of chaos have got their own battle tone. Which yeah, is very cool. Yeah. Has, uh, is it something you're going to pick up at some point? Um, I mean, probably. I'm a sucker for <laughs> anything shiny at this point. It's a curse. Um, <laughs> but like, God, the, they there's uh, so there's there's a lot of good stuff from what I've heard in the Beast of Chaos Battle Tome. But in particular, um, they have a battalion dedicated to each of the gods. And yes, the I think it was the Depraved Drove was the name of the Slanesh Battalion, obviously. But it was like talking about you know beastmen. Uh, raiding not just to burn things down, but like steal jewelry and trinkets and gilding their horns and things like that. And I'm like, that sounds great. I want to do an army of <laughs> I want to do an army of bulgors and bestigors where they all have gold painted horns and things like that. that sounds great. Um, looking fabulous, <laughs> yeah, looking fabulous, exactly. You know, for their ho- for their herdstone, have like this big treasure trove instead of just a giant rock or something like that. Mm. I think it, I think it'd be really cool. So I'll probably yeah. at some point. You know, you know. Look, Slanesh is coming. We know this at this point. We know it. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's a good. It's point. really. We should, we should put that in the news really quick. Just jot that down. The fiend. Oh thing. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. Um. So yeah. yeah so. Yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, cool. it's really. I think it's really. I said really cool. I think it's good mm. that they brought them together. And I think looking at the, from what I can see, people saying online is that. 
people were really up for this mm. battle tome as well. There's a yeah. lot of people that love well Beast Chaos, but particularly the Beast Men and mm. like I said the all that sort of stuff. So I think it's really cool. I think it's really yeah. they've, they've amalgamated them together, and it's not taken much to do it. You know, they've no. done it in quite a clever way because like i said mm. we've got a battle tome which like you said um looks like it's gonna be really cool um you've got mm. a couple of new endless spells including that bull one which we yeah we're thinking may have could have been chaos dwarves at some but point no, but obviously it was not but no <laughs> <laughs> um you got that very funky looking herdstone yeah yeah which you know could be on you know a nice centerpiece of your mm. train as well you know put yeah. aside any rules that go with it so even if you weren't wanting to collect beasts of chaos that's a really cool centerpiece. So, mm. you know, happy days. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and you've got the new start collecting Beast of mm. Chaos box, which yep. is, again, uh, you know, it's, it looks to be quite a good value one oh, as well because yeah. you're getting a Definitely. nice range of uh, miniatures with it as well. Mm. So, again, what you're getting 10 Ungors, 10 Bestigors, a Saigor, and a, a Great Grey Shaman. Yeah. So, that's, that's you know, that's a good. Good box. <laughs> well, exactly, because let's be honest, with some of the start collecting ones, they can be a bit hit and miss. Yeah, For someone yeah. that literally wants to start collecting them, there's some way you think, hang on, that's not the most <laughs> optimal <laughs> sort of starting yeah. thing to have. Whereas this mm. one is is nicely balanced out, I think. So, oh, yeah. And, you, and you're getting a good amount of you know, miniatures for your money as well. Mm, so yeah. I think it's really cool. So yeah. no, good. Yeah. Uh, I've got to say, I think um, my favorite thing. Sorry, uh, my favorite thing has yeah, to be it. how they did those four battalions because they ha- they have be- they have beast men specific battalions as well, but they have these four mm. god battalions. Um, which when the when the battle tone released, everyone was like, you know, they said these would let you just put them in any of the generic uh, chaos god armies, but I don't think we can actually do that. Like a week later, the FAQ was like, this battalion can be taken as part of a slanesh. This battalion can be taken as part of a corn, etc., etc. But yep. I, I like them because the battalion abilities aren't particularly powerful, but the battalion is a super flexible one, each of them, because it is basically, each one of them is like 80% of the Beasts of Chaos models, and, you know, yep. take them in 0 to 3 or 0 to 5, whatever. So you can just build a Beasts of Chaos army and shunt it in to a Hosts of Slanesh or a Blades of Corn mm-hmm. or a Magakin of Nurgle or Disciples of Zinch army. And it will fit and it will function perfectly. Like the, the, the cost of the battalion is really just the cost of getting access to the new beastmen stuff like the Hearthstone. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is really good because it's just an ever expanding aura of minus one to armor saves for everyone else. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I suppose mm. to me, beastmen have always come across as the, the chaos cultists of, mm. of fantasy and Asia yeah, Sigmar. So yeah. again, this to me makes sense that you can just bolt them in yeah. under, you know, under a particular chaos god and they would just fit nicely. So mm, yeah, you know, they've all got, they've all got the same mark of chaos. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really makes sense from a, you know, from a law perspective, but also from, you mm. know, from a tabletop yeah. perspective it, it as feels well. Right. So no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think they, I think this was a cleverly done thing because from sort of GW's point of view, they haven't had to do a dramatic amount. You know, they've yeah. done a, you know, they obviously they've had to do a battle tome, but they've yeah, just done I, a bit of terrain, mm. an endless spell, and you know, do a start collecting box, well, put yeah. them together, and and you you know they made it quite flexible. So now mm. it's quite a clever little tactic on their part. So yeah, I think it's and it's like I said, it's been received really well. Mm. So no, yeah, happy days, happy days indeed. Happy days indeed. <laughs> right, let's let's talk about. The month, the month mm. of October. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, we asked, you know, people online on Discord and Twitter, sort of say, mm. you know, what, what's your sort of impression so far of October? Because, mm. you know, for some people it probably means not very much. For some people it may mean a great deal. So, mm. you know, so Cameron, what's, you know, we're, as of today of this recording, it's the 20th yeah. of October. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what's, uh, you know, what's your opinions on it so far? Um, I think it's not been awful. I think no. I think I think the big thing is people were really hyped up for October. It's all October. It's all about the orcs, and it's the twentieth of October, and you are just now able to pre-order Speed Freaks uh, the critics, yes. presumably next weekend. Um, it's not far off what I was expecting because this seemed a little bit like a last-minute uh, edition, like you, you know, like Definitely. the game GW picked up on, oh yeah, October sounds good. Um, let's, let's do that and have a drive for that. On, at the same time, it's not been bad. There's been an article like on average every two days, basically there's, you know, there's the weekend gaps, but apart from that, there's always, always been an article of some kind, whether it's in, uh, the regimental standard, which is now the regimental boss poll, apparently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or whether it's an actual Warhammer community article. Uh, most of it's just been like re-going over lore for people who might not know so much about the orcs. But we've also had some previews for vehicles from Speed Freaks, um, what you can do to build a Speed Freak style army, that kind of thing. It's not been bad. It's just not been what orc players have been expecting. And I know it sounds entitled of them, but these are orc players. <laughs> They've suffered a lot over the years <laughs> yeah, throughout true. various editions. Like, they, they need their time in the sun. And yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, to be fair, in, in the end, you're getting six, I think, five, five or six new vehicles, which all seem uh, really, six, I think, yeah. Yeah, which all seem yep. really cool and really good. Yeah, it should be, it should be six. Because there's the four buggies, the scrap jet, and the, um, the boss on a bike. I want to try it, yep. beg pardon. Um, they all seem really cool, and they all seem like they'll be pretty good. Like, people have people have been estimating points costs, but I let, no, don't estimate points cost. Look at fun. You see that buggy? <laughs> yeah. On turn one, it can do something no other unit in the game can do. It can deep strike. Because if you roll yep. a four plus while advancing, it just teleports. That's <laughs> great. That's great. Um... They seem really the new the new things seem really in character for orcs, which gives me a lot of hope. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, and they 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 seem like they'll be fun at the very least, even if they're not like top tier. They should at least hopefully be good. Um, like we saw we saw some previews when they did the army building article that the um the the Morkonaut, I think it was got a severe downgrade in like terms of power level, how much it costs. Which should hopefully mean it's not overcosted all to hell anymore. Um, <laughs> so, ho- <laughs> so hopefully, like things are coming in line points wise. There's a rumor that boys are going up a point, but that, that still means they're only like seven points for a pretty good melee model. Um, yeah. So it should should be. I think it's gonna be all right. It's just there's been no orc releases in October so far, which is a bit weird. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's, like 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 yeah. even even my local store manager's like, oh, finally. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a funny one because I, I think I think it's gone as expected. To be yeah. honest, I think yeah. it was never going to be this amazing. Look, here's a brand new whole orc army. We've completely mm. redone everything from scratch. You know, as much as I can imagine, a lot of orc players out there would have wanted that. Yeah. I don't think it was ever going to happen. Like no. you, I think it was. You know, GW have sort of basically jumped on this 
October bandwagon and, you know, use that to their advantage, which I don't blame them. We would, you know, I would have done the same. And I think that what we've seen so far is, like I said, to be expected because I suppose, like I said, they they we knew Speed Freaks was coming. We know that yeah. the new Codex is coming. Um, well, you know, I, I think I can understand them that people think they could do with being a bit more like redone, redoing mm. of boys, maybe a new, you know, new Gaskell Thracker, yes. for example. Uh, which, I still, you know, could I still hope that's coming. I still hope that's yeah. like their hidden weapon is like next it week could it'll be. be Here's your Orc Codex, and here's Gazgul in plastic. He's no longer smaller exactly. than a Terminator. <laughs> I, I, I'd, it'd be a shame if they don't do anything like that. Mm. But then I wouldn't get my hopes up no. either if I was an Orc player, because, like yeah. I said, I think <laughs> there's a chance this may be what we're going to have, what, what mm. Orc players are going to have. So you know, like I said, it's not the end of the world. No. Like I said, they've got these these new vehicles look really really cool. Speed mm. Freaks looks really cool. You know, if the Codex you know, lives up to at least making them, like I said, okay, then they're probably never going to be top tier, but at least make it so, like I said, they're fun and, and competitive to a level yeah. of some sort, at yeah. least make them where they're not um, bottom of the barrel. So, you know, that's that's to me all it's expected because, you know, the reality is that, and we were saying it on online last night, is that, mm. that it takes ages for models to go from design oh, to production yeah. and yeah. out the door. It can take years. So, you know they they can't ju- if like say if Gaskell Thracker is going to be a thing as a as yeah. a new model, they can't just can't have started that last month. It, no. it's, it would have been a year or two ago, and mm. if that wasn't done, it's not going to happen, no. <laughs> or at least happen for October. So yeah, I can you know I, I can understand yeah. that. I mean we, we like I said we looking on our Discord just looking at what people were sort of thinking. We've got mm. some uh, some fun comments. We've got Speed Freaks Marketing Month. Yep, yep. <laughs> There's one comment which I don't disagree with. Uh, mm. It's been pretty lackluster as far as I'm concerned since it's now the 19th as of last night mm. and nothing's actually come out yet. Um, yep. It's the 20th, still no codex. Yeah, I can I can yeah. see. You know, um, you know, but people are liking the vehicles, oh, um, yeah. you know, which is it's really so good. good. People, you know, loving the promo videos, which again oh, can't man. disagree with that. They there have been good fantastic. Scrapjet. That scrapjet one was pretty good. I'm pretty. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you know, I, I, no, I, I, you know, these all these comments are are completely mm. correct. To be fair, and you know, and a, and a point I made last night as well on Discord is that that the orcs. Uh, a, a difficult one, I think, for Games Workshop mm. because yeah. I think at times they're co- they're they're trying to come across as serious. I, I don't mean yeah. orcs; I mean just just in general. Yeah, yeah. But then they are willing to make a joke of things again, like we saw with these orc mm. promo videos. But I think sometimes they struggle with in air quotes jokey sort of races or yeah. you know, the, the sort of yeah. slightly comical ones like orcs mm. like um like grots and things like that i think yeah. they sort of they're a bit of a funny area what to do with them yeah. and you know yeah. maybe from the top they just think you know what we just want orcs to be fun it's not mm. about them being competitive or anything like that it's just them yeah. to be fun and that's hopefully something that will happen. You know, I, mm. I, I suppose for me personally, they've always been a fun army. I've never yeah. collected them, but I've, you know, when I've played against them in years gone by, they they are supposed to be a fun army to play or play against. That's just their nature. They're not mm. a serious army in that regard, or I don't consider them that anyway. So I think they're going in the direction that they would imagine. I mean, at least with these vehicles, which we'll briefly touch upon in a minute, is that mm. they are there to be you know to be converted in some sort of way you can do a lot of different things with these so you know and you can have a whole army of them so 
awesome. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. That's really, you know, that's that's what you want, or to me, you mm. want as an orc player. And as someone that would probably never be an orc player myself, is that this is very encouraging from my perspective. I, you know, mm. the, the thought of having an army of a hundred boys or equipment yeah. has never been appealing, <laughs> but a whole army of bikes and, and uh, wagons and dragsters mm. and things like that. Yes, please. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. sounds much more oh, yeah. enticing. Mm. So yeah, yeah and I, I can I, understand. Yeah. I mean, I think like with the, the atmosphere of orcs, like from the player's point of view, orcs are always going to be funny because we as outsiders in the Warhammer 40k universe look and we see, look at all these football, green English football hooligans. Look at all of them. <laughs> They're, they're absolutely, they're, they're funny, they're silly, or whatever, but in universe, an orc is six and a half feet tall, and weighs as yeah. much as a space marine in power armor. They're terrifying. Like, we, <laughs> we, we, we see a squig buggy and we go, oh, look, it's a food cart that fires squigs out of cannons for the orcs to eat or to hit enemies in the face. Would you, could you imagine what would happen if just out of the sky a squig fell on you? God, it'd be awful, it'd be terrifying. <laughs> like, like, what, I think, I think you're right, the GW should keep orcs fun as, like, the overall atmosphere for them. Like, the orc codex should be written by from the perspective of orcs. It should be all about Dakota and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it should it should use the word Zog a lot and, you know, shiny <laughs> and flashy and things like that. And then, at the same time as you release the orc codex, you release a short novel written from the perspective of an Imperial Guardsman in a trench on Armageddon. Yeah, and, you, and yeah. orcs will be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like they, they fit in the Warhammer 40k universe. Warhammer 40k wouldn't be 40k without orcs because 40k is not just serious; it has this weird side to it. It needs yeah. to be weird as well as dark yeah, and serious. I and like, and orcs are the perfect faction because from their own point of view and from our point of view, the orcs are the weird, funny faction. But in universe, they're still scary as hell. <laughs> yeah, well, sadly, they like we said before, they they are one of the biggest threats. To the 40k mm. universe, realistically speaking, like when we've spoke about like Necrons and Tyranids and things like that, they're they're yeah. up there. Yeah. From a you know from a law perspective, putting aside the tabletop, they <laughs> you know they are a massive massive threat, and that and they're always there. You know mm. they they've always been there. Is that they're always regardless of their motive, they're always they're always in the mix somewhere. And yeah. I you know any any sort of battle or any story where they're involved i've never been disappointed by it yeah you know when yeah. we like, just spoke about armageddon and things like that it's you know that they're, they're some of the most memorable things around the beast arises and things like that um mm. you know it, I, you you couldn't not have orcs <laughs> in the 40k <laughs> universe so i think you know this whole this whole month has gone as i think it would have done and hopefully it'll go yeah. out with a a nice big a bang yeah <laughs> a big boom <laughs> a boom and a bang um and you know we'll you know we'll get there'll be a codex and i'm, I'm sure it'll be a fun codex and if like i said if we're lucky enough to get a gaskell thracker or something mm. of that sort of magnitude brilliant you know and, yeah. and I, hope, I hope it for all you walk players out there that you get <laughs> that sort of thing but you know don't be disappointed if mm. it doesn't go that way you've yeah. still got you know some some decent things out there yeah <sighs> right I mean, um should, actually, shall we, we talk about yeah shall we talk buggy let's do it <laughs> let's start with uh so yeah like we said there's six new vehicles that are out which are which are very cool because they're all very diverse yeah. <laughs> in some ways yeah. here so we've got the what's the first one? We've got the custom booster blaster. Booster blaster, pretty cool. Which is um, which is cool. Yeah, it it has a rivet gun. So like, it, apparently, this is what the mechs drive around when they're building gargants to like nail on the armor plates. 
Um, <laughs> and of course, it's orcs, so they just ride around. They nail space marines with it, obviously. Um, and it also <laughs> it it also uses his exhaust pipes as weapons because they count as burners, so it can yep. just do a drive by, and it has four exhaust pipes, <laughs> so it does a drive by forty three auto hits, <laughs> which is pretty mean, honestly. <laughs> um, is this one? It's it seems like the most generic of them, I would say. Yeah, I would agree. It's just a buggy with a big gun on top and some flamethrowers attached. It's still very cool. I love it. It is very cool. Very Mad Max. Oh, well. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we've got the uh, the Death Killer War Trike, mm-hmm. um, which I think, if I'm being honest, is probably my least favorite of these vehicles. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not, again, it's not terrible in any means. It's, mm. you know, some cool things. It's got, like, blades on the wheels and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's... And I think it was, um, I was watching a video, I think it was Kirioth on mm. YouTube, he sort of said it, he thinks it'd be better if it was with four wheels, which I would agree with, yeah. if it was like a quad bike of sorts. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I mean, I, I'm personally just, what kind of war boss doesn't drive their own bike? That seems, <laughs> that seems unorky to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. true. <laughs> I've got my driver. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's a very well-sculpted model oh, yeah. as well, to be yeah. fair. So, no, it is still really good. Um, then we've got the, the shock jump dragster, which mm-hmm. is, uh, looks it's like a racing vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's surprisingly good at shooting. Um, cause orcs being orcs, they've nailed together two ways to improve shooting. So they've got a grunt, they've got a grot gunner and they mm-hmm. slapped a targeting squig on the main weapon. So the main weapon actually yeah. hits on threes, <laughs> which really? it's an orc vehicle. Why is it hitting on threes? It's terrifying. Because <laughs> well, its main weapon is it's Assault 2, Strength 8, AP minus 4, D6 damage, I'm pretty sure. With like a 24-inch mm-hmm. range, I want to say. But it's an Assault weapon, normally hitting on 3+. So this is this is the teleporting buggy. So if you advance yeah. and you roll a 4+, you get to teleport. So on the first turn, this thing can teleport behind the opponent's army and shoot at a character with two shots at 4+, for Strength 8 neg 4 ap d6 damage very cool indeed pretty good it's It's not bad at all um (laughs) i love the design on it though as well yeah i think it's i love the the sort of the the front to it where you can imagine a vehicle sort Mm. of going up over it and then it's got these sort of rotating blades at the Mm, start as well so yeah yeah it's got very um, very cool it's got the the apparatus from the shock attack gun on the back so you know yep. you just you just get it up to eighty eight miles per hour and it goes. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. Cool. Mm. Um, right, so the next one is the Boom Daka Snaz Wagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty <name>. good. <laughs> Again, this is a very Mad Max inspired one as well, mm. especially <laughs> especially the grot on the front. Oh a, yeah, a very Mad that Max like mask. That is straight from the movie. I'm I'm yep. hundred percent sure Absolutely. that is. Um, movie reference which great <laughs> and i just love the idea of these orcs driving their buggy around and just leaning out of the window to throw molotovs as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome it yeah. really is again it's you know more generic what you'd expect mm. but yeah very very cool indeed yes yeah, yeah. just it looks it looks it's one, it's one of the most fun of the vehicles as well oh yeah like i said just the molotovs in hand <laughs> grot on the front <laughs> chained up it's just yeah oh, just absolutely yeah. crazy um, we got the Megatrack Scrapjet, which is what mm-hmm. happens when, uh, when an orc pilot flies too close to the sun. 
uh, and the glue <laughs> and the glue holding the wings on falls off. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's literally just the body of um, it's the body of a scrapjet, and they've got the jet engine to keep it going. So it's got this massive like jet intake on the front, which is very dangerous. I'm pretty sure that's its <laughs> melee weapon. So it's yep. this kind of nose drill, but it also just has these racks of rockets all over it. So I think it's like two d three rocket shots as an assault weapon or something like that. <laughs> so I kind of really hope this can move through units and just kind of that'll be cool. What actually no? What, what I want is I wanted to move like a flyer. You know where they pivot and they have to move a minimum of distance. Oh right, okay, yeah, I yeah. Think that that it, may it's, happen. It's, yeah. A fl- it's a flyer on the ground and it has to move that distance, and anything it moves over might get hit or something like that. That would be cool. We don't know. It probably won't be that good, but <laughs> uh, I think aesthetically that one is probably my favorite just because it's so very clearly like a big scavenged bit of tech, which is great. You like your scavenged stuff, don't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the last one to wrap it up is the Rucker Truck Squig Buggy. This is oh, the one yeah. where they, they put, put it to the vote. There you go. Mm. Was it a weaponized orc food truck, a squig based weapons platform, or a high speed landmine delivery system? And it's all three. Mm. <laughs> it's it's yeah. crazy. Oh, God. It's so good. Uh, I love that this references a ton of different squigs from the lore because you have different yep. ammunition depending on which squig you load, which is so good. <laughs> You know, if you're going up against army, you load a bile squig, which is a squig filled with acid. If you're going up against uh, tougher targets, you load a bitey squig, which is a squig with an even bigger mouth. Things like that. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. No, they. And the one, the one thing I must say for all of these vehicles as well is they mm. all just look good. As in the, oh, the, yeah. the way they're designed and sculpted is fantastic. Yeah. They're perfect. And I think. And I think. Together. Exactly, and I think that, that because of how good these look, that's what's got people sort of salivating a bit from you know from norm. For, you yeah. Know, think, well, if you can yeah. do it with these, imagine what normal boys could look like, or you know, and other troops mm. like that. So yeah. I can see why people are getting their hopes up for what <laughs> they could do. So yeah, which but then hope you know may not do. <laughs> well, so yeah. we'll see. But no, very very cool. So mm. lots of vehicles coming out. Uh, right, what is next? So we've got Kill Team Commanders, the mm. next expansion for Kill Team, which is I think is really encouraging that they're actually yeah. they are going for it with Kill Team because oh, yeah. you know I know I know that some people were quite disappointed with Shadow War Armageddon or disappointed mm. in the sense that they dropped it <laughs> realistically that yeah. it was something that could have been really good and they just didn't put as you know it was a limited run mm. and then it sort of just petered out really so yeah i think it's really cool that you know already we've seen you know in a, in a relatively short amount of time we've seen mm. kill team come out we've seen a lot of kill teams oh, kill yeah. teams come out we've seen rogue trader as an expansion and now we're already mm. we're now seeing commanders as an yep. expansion yep. which is very very encouraging yeah it, it feels like commanders was meant to come first because the rogue trader rules reference commanders and like have mm-hmm. commanders in yeah. them. and i think the rogue trader leak might have pushed rogue trader forward a little but, you yes. know, Kill Team's really good. I keep playing it by accident, so it must be good. Um, <laughs> God, I, just, I, keep, I keep going, today, I swear, I'll get a, I'll get a small game of 40k, I'll finally use my Death Guard in actual 40 Like, no, no, you're doing Kill Team. I'm like, okay, doing Kill Team. <laughs> but that's... No, but the thing but is... it's that, good. Know, it's really that's enjoyable. That, uh, yeah. Exactly, and that's the epitome of what it's supposed to be, because it should be a game that you can go... Mm. Well, I've got I've got a squad or two, 
That's just yeah. play. You know, that is the way it should be. That was how, mm. you, you, you know, you're demonstrating what they wanted. Oh, this. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Perfectly. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I like commanders because it has such a weird flexibility to it. Like, mm. if you're playing, for example, if you're playing Imperial Guard, your commander of choice is probably going to be a commissar. Your commander is only yes. going to be like 60 points. So it won't actually change your kill team's composition much because the idea is in a mission that uses a commander, you get an extra 50 to 100 points to accommodate for yes. the commander. If you get an extra 100 points as a guardsman kill team, you get your 60-point commissars. He's, he's 60 points at, like, the top level as well. Like, if it's a bare-bones <laughs> commissar, it's, like, nothing, apparently. Um, and, you know, then you've got, like, another 40 points to fill up with guardsmen. You get yeah. get all these characters in there and everything. But then there's the opposite end of the spectrum... Where for Tyranids or for Gene Seals, you can have a Broodlord or a Patriarch who costs on their own at a, fa- at a higher level, like 200 points. Points, yeah. <laughs> and that's your entire <laughs> yeah. kill team is just this enormous terror. You're, you're reenacting the Alien movies at that point. <laughs> you could you yes. could have 20 Imperial Guard go up against a single Broodlord and that would be a kill team game. That's really yeah. cool. But, that, but that's, <laughs> that's the way things should be. Uh, you know, yeah. again, looking at it from a law perspective, that is what would happen. Mm. You know, because I think sometimes... Which I know is impossible, but the the law to tabletop translation can be very mm. difficult in the yeah. sense that you think, well, no, realistically, that one character should be able to wipe out all those. Oh, yeah. You know, it shouldn't be that yeah. that these five guardsmen manage to take out this particular character. That wouldn't happen <laughs> in real mm. life. Whereas, like I said, this where you've got a broodlord against, like I said, twenty guardsmen. Mm. That you know, that's the way it should be. It shouldn't oh, yeah. be that you know two guardsmen can take fight. out this. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. and I, I think, and it, and also that that's cool because it it creates, well, mm. well, on a few levels really, it creates quite a few dynamics. It also means that you, as the as the broodlord player, you've just mm. got you know you've got you're completely tactically completely different. You've got oh, yeah. one oh, yeah. one miniature to 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 use, and mm. and obviously the the other person's got twenty guardsmen to completely yeah. uh, use. So and also the fact is, again, from a hobby perspective. Mm. You, and you go right okay i'm just gonna build this broodlord right i'm ready yeah i'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm good to play our narrative kill team where i get to yeah. be the broodlord and i get to exactly. see how i do against different kill teams yeah yeah oh, exactly so no. good like i think it was very good indeed this gorilla miniature gaming one of the youtube channels did like it was a yes. tyranid prime versus a full adeptus mechanicus kill team and it was and the, the prime just tore through them most for the most part of the video it was it was <laughs> I think that was what sold me on uh, Commanders will be a good and interesting expansion because I agree. Like here's one model versus a whole kill team. It's not unbalanced. It didn't wipe the floor with them, but it didn't get destroyed by itself either. Like yes. it's, it's yeah. very cool. Yeah. I think it is quite clever in a few ways in the sense that obviously the yes, I know they're rehashing miniatures that are already out there there's not new mm. miniatures for this yeah. it's, it's existing ones but i can see why they've done that it makes mm. perfect sense because oh, yeah. yeah. and, and i suppose again it's flexibility because with all these commanders you can buy them you know they're all around the 20 pounds mark i think they're all mm. 20 pounds so you get your miniature you get you know a few cards etc with it but if you've already got the model then you've already got your commander but yeah. what i like as well is in the command in the actual commander's expansion is the fact you've got well, depending on which faction you're talking about, you've mm. got a bit of flexibility. Like I oh, think, yeah. with the if you're if you're going for Space Marines, I think you've got four different 
mm. uh, commanders yeah. like librarian, chaplain, uh, captain, lieutenant, etc. So you know, again, you've got ex- probably you know, there's a good chance you've got existing models. You go right, yep, I've got that chaplain. I can mm. I can shove him in now. And like the fact, like you said, you've got different levels. So you know, if you think you know what, from a points perspective, I'm only going to afford a, a level one or a level two. Mm. Uh, yeah. I said, or oh, you can go up to, you know all the way to level four. It's yeah, I think it's creating a lot of flexibility, and and I think that this can this game can just keep getting better to be honest i think oh yeah i mean absolutely. and i hope they do i hope they really do keep supporting this to be honest mm. i i it'd be interesting to see what you know if they have got any future expansions what would be next i'm trying to think yeah. where would they where would they go with this um i mean terminators right yep yeah. <laughs> custodies <laughs> well well no well, i was thinking you could do kill team space hulk Yes, yeah, yeah, you could actually. Introduce Terminators or, in, or Terminator equivalents for other factions, and, you know, yeah. have, well, a, well, have like a wave mechanic for the attacking mm. team or something, who knows. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, you or you could have, like, Kill Team Elites, you know, yeah. where you, it's all around elite, you like like Terminators mm. and things like that, so you yeah, could have elite units as opposed to your, your bog standard, so... Mm. Yeah, I mean they yeah. they can do what there's, they, what they, they want. Do really. Whatever. Yeah, there's lots of stuff to do with it. It's, it'll be great. <laughs> yes, way, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, from what I know, Commanders is out today of this recording. Yeah, so yeah you can go was, and get it. It was on shelves. Um, it's also cheaper to pick up a Primaris Librarian through Kill Team Commanders if you need it. There. Yes, so I uh, <laughs> do actually, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think it's about like I said, it's about twenty pounds, whereas I think it's about. Mm. 22 yeah. or 25 pounds if you yeah. bought the normal one over here it, so yeah it's, yeah. it's well, really it's really weird in australia because the set prices there's the price differentiation but like the set price is like it's 60 bucks for a primaris librarian <laughs> or it's 55 bucks for a kill king commander but it's 20 bucks <laughs> for a commissar or 55 bucks for a commissar commander i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, One thing I, I understand the flat pricing, but yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. They because I know we yeah because we were debating about this on on Discord mm. as well about the, the the prices and they had to do it this way. They had to do yeah. a, a, a set base price because mm. it would just be weird. Because again, it would it could create you know I suppose Tension. weird dynamics with it yeah. and and things like that. So no, they've done they've done the right thing. Keep it, <laughs> keep it a flat price. It makes yeah. it easy. And the last thing I was going to say actually before mm. I forget is I'm loving. The artwork on the boxes as well, yeah, all these yeah. different commanders, and even like the rule books, like the new commanders mm. rule book looks really cool. I think it looks like it's got some white scars on the front of it, and mm. yeah, you know, it looks really, really cool. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> and right, so the one of the last main bits of news is like you said earlier, Night Vault mm. is now out, yeah. and um, you're on the verge of picking that up. Yeah, have played is good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it seems good. Um, they've balanced it so because, like, it introduces magic to the Shade Spire system, but the mm-hmm. way the magic is balanced is you can't just activate a wizard and they cast one of the more powerful spells as their activation. Uh, certain wizards will have a spell attack, and they can do that as an attack action. Um, but the actual powerful spells that you draw as ploys or gambits into your hand, you can only play those during the end phase of a, of a round. So you get the full round happens, then your wizard casts a powerful spell, and then the next full round happens, then you can cast another, which means you never cast more than two or three spells in a match, yep. usually, so they don't dominate uh, with magic. Um, yeah, it seems good. 
it seems yeah. pretty good. It was a lot of fun. Uh- <laughs> well, it's you know it's similar to what we're talking about, Kill Team, where mm. you know they just realised again it's it's proven to be a popular game, and they're just again just adding an extra layer to it. You know, and mm. again it's it's good from a new player because again you can just pick up Night Vault, but if you've already got Shade Spire, then okay, that's still cool. And they're they're doing some cool little things where that you can you know buy obviously the older war bands now because obviously in a mm. sense shade spy is probably going to be now sort of discontinued really well and yeah obviously not, the old edition <laughs> yeah exactly so but you know if you still want the two war bands that come with it you can buy mm. them separately if you've got those war bands but you want the new cards that come with night vault you can buy those separately as well mm-hmm. which is again very very yeah. very clever way yeah. of doing it where you're not sort of alienating you know players yeah, who, yeah. who want to get stuck in it or people or sorry players that already got certain things and don't mm. want to necessarily, oh, I don't want to buy Night Vault. But yeah. then it's not a silly price either, you know, to no, get, because no. again, you get new boards, new war bands, new cards. So mm. in a way, it's like, it, I think if you're into it, you're not, you're not going to not get <laughs> Night Vault really. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, really cool. Really cool. And like I said to you, I'm, I'm liking the, like the play mats and things like mm. that, you know, all these yeah, sort they of look accessories. Really good. Yeah, I want yeah. to pick up that, that carry case before it disappears forever or yeah. whatever. It's like the Kill but, Team one. Did. Yeah, well, the Kill Team one was like, it was available for like a day and then it just disappeared. I'm like, what happened? I was going to get one. Gutted. I was so gutted. <laughs> I so wanted that. And I didn't, I just, my own fault, I didn't realize it was that limited edition mm, that it was, yeah, yeah it was good. It was gone. Mm. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's very cool. So, like I said, we've got Night Vault, we've got the two new. War bands yep. in addition to the ones that come with it, which is Eyes yep. the Nine, the Zinch one, and obviously yep. Zarbag's Gits that you mentioned yep. earlier. And we've we also more leaked a few. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we've got Sylvaneth, uh, an Overlord's one. Yeah. Um, yep. We've got, looks like a, oh, what's it called? The, oh, that's um, Chaos um, oh, Dark Lady. Oath. Dark yes. Oath. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yes, um, them. we know there's another Moon Clan one coming with troll with a troll and squigs. Yes. Well, I'm not right. sure if it's explicitly Moon Clan or if it will just be Beasts of Destruction or whatever, which, oh, mm-hmm. that's a good faction name. I like that one. Um, <laughs> instead of Beasts of Chaos, Beasts of Destruction. Um, Beasts of Destruction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it looks like more is going to keep coming because Shadespire was really well supported. Nightfold is yeah. Shadespire 2.0. It seems like it's going to keep going. Yeah. Um, it's, looking you know, forward to they're, it. They're both... <laughs> Both that and Kill Team are in a really good spot. You know, mm. I think that they've realised that not everyone wants to play competitive 2,000 point <laughs> big <laughs> yeah. battles of Age of Sigmar or 40k. Mm. Sometimes people just, you know, and it, it's perfect for us. For oh, us, yeah. People oh, yeah. that have got, you know, Lies. responsibilities and, and, <laughs> children. <laughs> and, like, and children now and things like that. Schedules, so. yeah. Exactly. So no, happy days. It's, and it's good. Like I said, it's good that they're supporting these things. They're not just dropping them. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Right. Okay. And the last little nugget of news, which I think was announced only really was it yesterday? This came out. I think it was. Uh, it was very. Maybe? Well, it was. Well, I got it in the email from Forge World anyway. So ah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Of course. Yes. <laughs> this is uh, Volgaroth the Scarred and Shalok or Scarlock, the Skull Host of Corn. Yep. So this is the new mm. our new death metal band. <laughs> uh, we're proudly announcing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a he's a big boy. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a big it's a big dragon. Um, it is the easiest way to build a very small, a low model count corn army. <laughs> yes, because if you want to uh, do a two thousand, yeah, exactly. You want to do a two thousand point game? Get this guy. Get. <laughs> 
three other leaders really cheap and then just get your two battle lines, or your three battle lines and see if you can fit that into 800 points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like minimum he's, Blood Reavers, you should be able to do it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he, yeah, the the dragon is pretty damn scary when you look at, oh, yeah. look at actually the rules because they've done a obviously a war scroll for yeah, them as well as a, yeah. as a as a team which is yeah there's a lot of wounds a lot of mortal wounds that can be <laughs> yeah a lot of mortal wounds a lot of just regular wounds with a decent rend um it's yep. something like someone did the averages and it's like oh you'll average like 30 wounds a turn yeah like, <laughs> okay <laughs> no thank you goodbye <laughs> exactly so that was really cool i mean not the cheapest thing around i mean over no. here it's 375 pounds and yeah it is suitably I, ludicrously expensive in australia and new zealand yeah i can only imagine uh-huh. uh very very cool looking miniature indeed mm. um sort of one of the ones that came out of nowhere really um yeah i, I mean they, they showed it off earlier in the year cause, oh do they oh i must miss that yeah i think at warhammer fest they showed off an early version of it or something oh like that. yes yeah. they did yeah sorry yeah, i remember yeah. now yep but apart from that, there's not been much talk about it. It's just like, we're doing the biggest uh, fantasy model we've done. Um, it, you'll see a preview of Warhammer Festival. Warhammer Festival was just there in a case. It's like, oh, it looks pretty cool. And now it's out, <laughs> and it's very it's very large. Uh, very large and cornate. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, corn will be pleased. There's a lot mm-hmm. of slaughtering that's going to happen with, <laughs> with this well, bad hopefully. boy. <laughs> yes. Hopefully. I can, I can see something awful befalling it. Like, um, I know it attacks a unit of Rothmongers or something and just attacks itself with every weapon. <laughs> um, <laughs> some nonsense like that, I'm sure, to, will wipe it out in a couple of turns. But <laughs> it's very cool, regardless. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I, so, guess we, well, I guess we mentioned it really quickly earlier, but they, someone accidentally, not accidentally, leaked a Fiend of Slanesh plastic screw, so... <laughs> yes, they did. Wrath and Rapture is looking like it's got some really good stuff in it, because that Fiend looks incredible! Yes, oh indeed. And it's it's, it's oh. quite good that, that with Slanesh, they, they are going the mm. routes that we... Th- that, that they're used to because obviously yeah, with Sinesh yeah. they're thinking oh they're going to be quite conservative with Sinesh no um, it's but not nope, toned down not, no not at no. all which is cool that's the way yeah. to me you know, that's the way Sinesh has always been so mm. don't change <laughs> <laughs> don't go changing <laughs> <laughs> exactly so no it's no it, again it's it's there's going to be some awesome things to come from mm. the Sinesh side of things and we are we thinking by the end of the year I would imagine Um yeah I re- I reckon it'll be part of the Christmas release Yeah I reckon I reckon it'll be like there cuz like for the last few years January has been like the chaos month it seems yes. so I reckon this January will be Sinesh with a side of corn and like starting <laughs> but starting in December <laughs> Um, so that you know, Here's they your dinner, still sir. get their Christmas. <laughs> oh, delicious! <laughs> your snatch with a side of corn. <laughs> yeah, corn on the cob. I knew. I was. I, I didn't want to go there. I, was, I. I knew that straight away, and I thought, oh, shall I say it now? <laughs> no, let me. Let me. Let me demean myself in front of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of us had to. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh happy days yeah so there's mm-hmm. been a lot of news there's been a yeah. lot going on so we've caught up with like i said most of that mm, and most. so we're gonna <laughs> most yeah what we could do in the time and mm. yeah we'll take another little break and then when we come back it's gonna be our main law topic time where we're gonna talk about yeah. some certain bloody angels yeah, back soon off to, off to the sunny shores of bar 
the holiday we've all wanted. <laughs> Back in a sec. <laughs> and hello and welcome back. Mm. Um, Cameron, shall we take a trip to Baal? Yes, to the sunny shores of Baal. Where the sun... <laughs> I, was, I already said it was sunny. I was going to say where the sun shines and the ammo never runs out, but both of those things stopped happening for a bit <laughs> in this book. Um. <laughs> Just <as bad. laughs> and I think we uh, need to take a supply of water with us as well. Yeah, yeah you uh, don't want it. You don't want get a bit of a dry throat. You don't want any of that local death water or whatever it is they have locked up. <laughs> Thirst water. Thirst water, yeah. God. <laughs> with a very, with a, such a great ironic name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, as part of this main law topic on this episode, we're going to talk about the devastation of Baal, which is mm. one of the recent 40K, well, in recent times, yeah, uh, 40K novels. Yeah, you know, by uh, Guy Haley. Mm. It's, you know, based in the current era of uh, 40K, the Dark Imperium. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoilers, it's very good. Oh, <laughs> it's a very, very, very good book. I enjoyed it greatly. <laughs> <laughs> damn right and uh well i'll read the the bit the bit on the back of the book mm. um right the blood angels chapter of space marines is under threat having obliterated all human life in the red scar region of space the largest tendril of high fight hive fleet <laughs> leviathan ever seen in the imperium has converged and is making relentlessly for baal to face this awesome foe, Commander Dante is called upon the successor chapters of the ancient Ninth Legion. The sons of Sanguinius gather in numbers not seen since the dark days of the Horus Heresy. Thirty thousand space marines stand ready to thwart the Great Devourer, save the homeworld of their Primarch, and prevent the consumption of billions in the Ultima Segment and beyond. But the Tyranids sworn numbers in the trillions, and they are not the only danger to the chapter's future. As the galaxy slides towards a terrifying new era, events far away threaten to unleash a greater evil. A further enemy must also be overcome, that of the black rage that lurks in the souls of all Sanguinius's line. Can Dante, among the greatest of humanity's heroes, stem the unstoppable tide? Or will his long reign as chapter master end with extinction? Should Baal fall... The Imperium will be done, dealt a blow from which it might never recover. Dun, mm. dun, dun. So cheery stuff, cheery stuff. This yes, book. yes, light-hearted, <laughs> not grim-dark stuff at all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that summarises it quite well. It's yeah, uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a, a murder mystery. Uh, <laughs> 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 right. Um, well, I'll start with the obvious question, Cameron. What did you mm. think of it overall? God, what what a good. God dang book. Oh my god, I love this. <laughs> there there were so many component parts that were each wonderful in their own right, and they came together yeah. just perfectly to make this a really, really good overarching work. Like I have very few complaints at all about the book. Like I can't bring any to mind immediately. Um yeah. honestly. Like it felt well paced, it had great characters, uh working especially with established characters, which can be very difficult to um sort of mesh together all their conflicting backstory stuff sometimes um <laughs> yeah yeah it did some intriguing new stuff um it really brought a new light to certain characters that have been around a long time as well and it it's it's a really i think this is a good book to read because it's the really good bridge between old 40k and current 40k because yeah you know there's you said this happens like in in the dark imperium this happens this is the creation of the dark imperium like, yeah, in effect, yeah. Yeah, like, this this book has the great rift opening, you know, um, 
at all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's it's a good bridge between the two great eras, I would say, of forty k. Yeah, yeah, I I I wouldn't disagree with that because, like you said, because you, you're seeing some prominent Blood Angel characters like Mephiston, Dante, mm. Tycho, and ones that have been around for well, yeah. since forever, really, mm. especially Dante. Oh, poor and lad. <laughs> <laughs> he's an old guy now. Oh god! You know, you, you like you said, you, you're right. It's completely bridging that gap with the old school to the new school. Mm. Uh, you've got Tyranids in it which obviously can be difficult because obviously how do you mm. write tyranids because they, they don't talk to each other in this, mm. that sense so you can't have dialogue as such but it's conveyed across very well and you mm. do see a lot of insights into how the tyranids work yeah and yeah. i think that was quite a clever way of doing or putting them across that yes you know obviously there is a lot of fighting you know it, it, the the whole alien xenos mm. uh swarm and you know and that sort of the battles that you would imagine but you see these nice little insights into the tyranids that you may mm. not be fully aware of like the oh, way yeah. they work the fact that they're all like simple things like their organs are separate tyranids yeah um, they've got oh, you know stealthy type tyranids which infiltrate yeah. that you know you may you mm. know it's not all just oh here's trillion tyranids coming down on oh, your yeah. planet yeah it's there is that obviously that's a big part <laughs> of it but there's there's this other side to them um and like you said you, you know you as the as the back of the book said you know you've got a third well a second threat to the blood angels well a third if you include the the black mm. rage yeah so you know so you, it's it it does come across like a book where the blood angels and their successor chapters are very mm. very much up against it and, and that is oh, the reality yeah. they are very much yeah. up against yeah. it <laughs> you know they've got the tyrannids on their doorstep they've got their own issues amongst themselves and their own gene seed and, mm. and the, yeah. the problems that come with it and like you said you've got uh, a certain bloodthirster that gets involved yep. <laughs> as, yep. as well it's it's you know there's a lot to this it, it's one of those books i don't know if you'd agree where you sort of you feel like it's gonna be quite obvious you think yeah a big tyranny swarm comes to Baal, they fight back mm. and it's not just that there's yeah. a, like I said, yeah. there's a lot of individual layers in this mm. and a lot of conversation that that you know just brings it forward because like i remember reading online some people's opinions of the book and i know like i remember a few people saying like oh it's you know it takes a while to get going you know like when when's the fighting gonna start <laughs> and <laughs> and you know it does yeah, <laughs> don't worry yeah. there's plenty of fighting but it's not it would be it couldn't mm. be all about that it would be quite no, run of the mill if yeah exactly whereas this book for anyone who's not read it yet and obviously spoilers mm. <laughs> that you know the, there's there's <laughs> late spoiler warning well you know, there's a there's a lot of things in here about the especially the the successor chapters. In a sense, mm. I found at times they almost were not more interesting than the Blood Angels. But mm. I think because you know, if you're into 40k, you probably know a, a good bit about Blood Angels potentially. Whereas you may not know about the Flesh Terrors, about yeah, the yeah. you know the Knights of Blood and and all these other successors. Whereas you do get an insight to them, and it's not just a, a random fact. They're actually you know you've got characters mm. <laughs> that are that are based around them, and and almost you know a personification of their chapter, and how it's not all you know happy days between all of them. They're not all yeah, high fiving each other <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Uh, do, you know, is that is that what it, it came across to you? Yeah, because like the, the thing is, this is a big book and it has a lot to go through, obviously, but. Like you said, it can't all be action. A great, a thing that can be really engaging in science fiction and fantasy is politics if written well. And like, 
Yes. It's not politics, politics in this book. It is politics as in the interaction between different takes on the same creed. You know, all these different Blood Angel successors all do things just a little bit differently. And that builds friction between all of them. You know, Mm. sorry, you do what to the people who are lost to the Black Rage? What do you mean? You don't just (laughs) kill them immediately. You keep them locked up in a tower. You're awful, awful people. It's like, I am the chapter master of the Blood Angels. Remember, I'm allowed. (laughs) I'm in charge. I do what I want. Um, No. Yeah, Dante's not quite so petty, but like no, he's very much not that. Actually. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's quite the opposite yeah, no, but like it, it, it does a good, it does a good job of showing how broad, like a lineage can be. Because like everyone goes, they're blood angels. Their successors are all blood angel successors. They're basically they're not, they're not the same at all. They have completely different cultures. You know, yeah, some some of them, so. some of them are very much these refined wine drinking sort of aristocratic <laughs> poet writing. Yeah, poet, yeah. poet writing aristocratic nobles, and then there's the people, pardon me, uh, the people who are basically like mountain shamans of space marines. They believe <laughs> that psychers are witches and mages, not actual psychic powers. They believe it's real mm. magic and things like that. And the way they speak also plays into that and stuff like that. You have the Knights of Blood, who are basically demons at this point. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, of course, you have the Flesh Terrors, who have... The big, like, the Flesh Terrors are a chapter that's been on and off the brink of oblivion multiple, multiple times, and their chapter master Definitely. Gabriel Seth is what's holding them together at this point, and a big plot point in the book is the Flesh Terrors' relationship with the rest of the Blood Angels' successors' chapters and the Blood Angels themselves, because there's this big gap between them, because the Flesh Terrors are the successor chapter the entire Imperium looked at went that's a step too far while ignoring things like <laughs> yeah while ignoring yeah. like the knights of blood and other things like that well not ignoring them mm. but like, not not putting them on the pedestal of you shouldn't do this we're going to get rid of these people unless they clean their nonsense up um <laughs> like it's it's important to have that thing like 40k is not just all action and fighting and guns and blades and sorcery mm-hmm. and all that you know there's there's trillions or billions or quadrillions or even quintillions of people in the galaxy a lot of what's going on is just people talking to each other and understanding the differences between one another and that's perfectly interesting because it's done well yeah yeah, yeah it's done very yeah. well and i would agree with that because it, it you know the, to me all the fight scenes are very well together because they're not mm. they're not just stereotypical uh, no. action scenes there's there's some really good points in it but i like you i preferred the the like I said air quotes the politics the interactions mm. between the chapters themselves and how how uh, I'm trying to think of the right word how interesting it was the fact that that they're all come from the same line yet they like I said they're so mm. different and yeah. the way they interact with each other and the fact that because you know you could as you would imagine you've got the blood angels you know as a sort of the centerpiece because obviously being the mm. You know, the, everyone's a successor from them, but the, even the way that the other chapters treat them, like some were like, "I'll do anything the Blood Angels tell me." Yeah, yeah you, you yeah. Dante, you tell me what to do. I'm your mm. guy. I'll do it. Whereas some are like, you know, mm. you know balls to the or balls to the, the, um, to the Blood Angels <laughs> to the Blood Angels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the you know you know balls to them. That I'm not doing what you know they they don't tell me us what to mm. do. You know that even yeah. you know which. Is you know comes across as quite shocking. You think, oh mm. wow, okay, I didn't think that. But then it sort of makes sense as well because just because they come from the same bloodline doesn't mean they're all going to be the same. And no. it's funny the, how their reputations come across as well. Mm. Like you said, you got the flesh terrors who are 
the whole Imperium and obviously to the other chapters have got a massive reputation for, like I said, for, you know, almost going a one step far, uh, one step too far mm. with the, the, the rage and, and things like that. But then it's funny, like I always find the interest in the interaction between Seth and I think it's Jewel, who's the chapter yeah, master of the Knights of, of, of Blood. Yeah. And who obviously another chapter that come that like you said are probably even worse than the flesh oh, yeah. terrors but Absolutely in a way worse. they've come to terms with they it's it's <laughs> funny because they've come to terms with what they are and it's <laughs> almost like the flesh terrors are in this funny situation where you know from a you know from a, a law perspective they're a chapter that <laughs> does as much good as they can for the imperium because of what they are because they know they're effectively dying off because yeah. of yeah their situation but then you've got the knights of the blood or knights of blood and the flesh terrors flesh terrors judging each other which mm. is quite funny <laughs> even though really they're they're in the same pot they're yeah they're two successor chapters that are on the decline mm. um well and one sort of pretty much declines and yeah. it, you know but it's i just thought it was interesting and like i said them judging each other so it seems quite <laughs> a, a funny concept but then then mm. you've got another layer to it where you've got like the angels vermilion who mm. were banished yeah. You know, they, and they and they come back, and you know, Dante accepts them. You know, the the small force. I think it's only about a hundred mm. Marines that come yeah. to them, say, "Oh, we want to we want to help you defend Baal." Mm. And obviously, you know, the other chapters like, "Oh, you can't, you know, Dante, you can't do that." You know, yeah. and things like that. And it, it's it's funny that they, you know, there's there's you think there's a bad chapter or one that's got mm. a reputation. There's often one that's even worse. On top, yeah, <laughs> on well, top. The, the thing with the angels of a million, I don't know the exact law, but the book implies they like eat children, basically. Yes. Yeah, um, something on those lines. Yeah, or, or they breed serfs specifically to sate the black rage and the red thirst. Yes, um, instead yeah, of it, instead of just fasting or eating animal blood or whatever, they just like no, no. We have this group of people we keep in the ship to eat. Um, yeah, <laughs> not great. Yeah, <laughs> and and it it creates a, a very a very fragile balance, especially mm. for Dante, is who's trying to keep you know this. You know, from you know, from the story perspective, where all the successor chapters have been have been called in, I think there's about roughly mm. what about twenty five thousand marines. There are, it there are at some nearly, point, there are nearly thirty thousand, which is ridiculous. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's almost you know, it's it's almost like a legion starting again, and yeah. you know, to, to to defend Baal from this you know this huge threat of uh, of high fleet Leviathan, and it, mm. it, it's funny how you know dante's trying to balance them all together because you've got you know like little scenes where you know some are mm. disobeying others um and but then you know like M- mephiston gets a a vision of you know of the of the mm. bloodthirster which arrives later which you know and dante's like keep that to yourself don't yeah. tell them because no, half of them will want to leave yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's it's uh, this you know and it, it's almost like you you mm. you know you can't imagine how this even comes together you know yeah. the, the fact that they're yeah. they're they're, they're They've got this a threat that that's hard to deal with at the best of times. <laughs> on top of that, you've got infighting. On top yeah. of that, you've yeah. got the the red thirst. On top of that, you've got the black rage. Yeah, <laughs> uh. all these different things that they're trying to deal mm. with. Um, and then obviously, corn um, getting involved as well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh. at some point, yeah. it's, it's crazy. But it yeah. holds together though. Oh yeah, even well, as a novel, it holds yeah. together. And like in in fiction, it holds together because of Dante. This this is. This is a book about the blood. It's a book about Dante. It's a book about Dante. Mm. At this look, it, Dante. This this delved so deeply. Like I, I knew a fair bit about him. Like I hadn't read anything specifically about him, but I knew a lot of lore about him. You know, he's the chapter master of the Blood Angels. He's the oldest known living space marine because he's almost. Yep. He's fifteen hundred years old, I believe, or something like By that. that. Yeah. He's ancient. 
Um, but this book really delves into what he means for people. Like, before Gilliman came back, Dante was the closest thing to a Primarch that existed, basically. Yeah, I would agree he, with that, yeah. He, he sits on the throne on Baal, and he wears the face of Sanguinius as, like, a mask. And everyone sees him as that. Like, you know, the book literally says, you know, he seems bigger on the throne when his mask is on, and more important, and it feels like you're in the presence of Sanguinius himself. Uh, and then, you know, he takes the mask off and you see what Dante really is, which is he is an old, old man. Like, yeah. um, like, uh, heavy, heavy spoilers at the end of the book, the Indominus Crusade succeeds and Gilman reaches Baal. And he says something along the lines of, I don't think the Emperor ever intended for anyone to live as long as you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're you know, doing well son keep and, it up <laughs> and, like, and i mean we might as well talk about the emotional climax of the book which is right at the end when dante's been fighting yeah. the swarm lord and he's lying on a in a pit of bodies dying and yep he's, he gets brought back from the <clears> brink <throat> and he's like no please god emperor let me die i've done enough die, yeah. haven't i yeah yeah <laughs> it's because he see, he sees oh. the vision of um sanguinius doesn't mm. he yeah and the, the sanguinor and sanguinius and... is like not your time yet buddy <laughs> Gotta go no, back. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know the the amount of pressure upon mm. Dante is insane. Like you said, oh, yeah. obviously Gilliman is under a massive pressure as as like I said, the only active loyalist Primarch at this point, mm. um, trying to hold the Imperium together. But then he's a Primarch. He's got yeah. an extra layer level to him, an extra that, yeah. Yeah, level to him. Whereas Dante, like I said, he's just a normal Marine. Really, he's mm. you know, I mean, he's normal in the sense that. Yes, he's old and, you know, obviously he's very good at what he does, but, you know, biologically, he's just an older mm. space marine, basically, yeah. with yeah. all this responsibility on his shoulders. He can only do what a normal marine can. Mm. And and like you said, that comes across and, you you know, you do get that emotional side of him all the way through where you think, God, I feel really sorry for oh, this yeah, guy. Oh, yeah, God, I felt He's having to deal with so much. <laughs> but, but what I found quite interesting as well is the fact that mm. He's as well as trying to deal with all these threats. It's also the side of him that's trying to not be selfish. Because mm. I suppose you know, if you look at it from this perspective, you've got Baal, which is obviously the homeworld of the Blood Angels, but yeah. it's just a planet, really, mm. realistically speaking, with a, yeah. with two very toxic <laughs> moons um, mm. that were destroyed in, as part of a civil war, and it, it, which is quite interesting as well. But but mm. the fact that it's you know, he's there calling in all the successor chapters just to defend this one planet. And, mm. you know, and he, you know, I would imagine that from Dante's perspective, he's probably feeling quite guilty that he's having to do this to defend Baal, yeah. whereas in really think, you know what, just, just let it, let it, let them take it mm. over, let them do what they want with it. But, because I know there is strategic position with Baal as well, but oh, yeah. like I said, it is just one planet and it mm. doesn't have much to it, realistically. No, it's no. not... Um, it's more of a sim- it's more of a symbolic planet oh, yeah. than anything. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, so on that, you know, like I said earlier, when he's there trying, like, you know, keep that to yourself. Don't let, mm. you know, we don't want half the successor chapters disappearing because we're never going to win if that happens. Mm. So he's having to do these sort of, you know, covert sort of tactics just to keep everyone glued together, which he clearly mm. is only doing just for the, again for the greater good, and um. Yeah, it's it's it comes across in that way, and it's it's a real real shame for him. I think it really is. Mm. But but then he but like you said, it gets you to know him more as a character as well. Because I think I mean, admittedly, I've not read it yet because obviously there is the novel 
by mm. Guy Haley called Dante, which I think is set before this. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got it. I can see it right now on my shelf, but I haven't got around to reading it. So I think from what I gather, this does naturally follow on from that no, book as well. So no. you do see, you know, yeah. a bit more of Dante. Yeah. But um, but yeah, let's 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 switch to the Tyranids for a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, uh, like I said earlier, so you good. see them in, <laughs> in quite an interesting way. Now, yeah, what was mm. how did you how did you feel that the Tyranids were portrayed in this? Um, a, a bit of disclaimer here: I love Tyranids. They were my first fashion <laughs> all those years ago. They're great. They're wonderful. Guy Haley writes very good Tyranids. Um, <laughs> uh, so again, a lot with a lot of the Blood Angel stuff in this book, it's focusing on thought and emotion and interpersonal conflict. And that's great and it's really well done. And then you switch to this perspective of the Tyranids. And like you said earlier, it's like, it seems like it'd be very difficult to write for. They don't really think as much. There's not really so much of a personality to deal with. But what Guy Haley does instead is he writes very clinically about what exactly is happening when he's following Tyranids specifically. Like there's the, yes. there's the arc with the Lictor. Um, yes. That's is, brilliant. It's Chekhov's <clears throat> Lictor. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> you see it right at the start of the book, and then about three quarters of the way of the, through the book, the Lictor shows up again and destroys everything, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and so he writes about it very clinically, like, he does not describe emotions, he does not describe direct thoughts, he just says, the Tyranid does this, this is how it does it, these are the ways it is designed to do this. Like, yes. this is how it works. This, it's, it's almost like looking, it's almost like a mechanic stripping down a car and going, this does this and this does that, and that's how the mm-hmm. car moves. Yes. And he really, really emphasizes that each turn, like you said, is a multitude of different animals all spliced together in some kind of Frankenstein mm-hmm. horror science. <laughs> so there, there's things like, you know, right at the start of the book, the Lictor is hidden as part of, like, a volley by a Tyranid ship. The ship shoots out all these boarding spikes and also, at the same time, shoots out this tiny little rock, rock-shaped rock pod uh, that has a single lictor inside it. And that pod slowly, gently floats by. It's got these animals that are just sacks of air that are used as thrusters yep. to, like, gently <clears throat> maneuver. Um, specifically, it's being maneuvered to look like a tumbling piece of debris. It can't move in a straight line towards the ship because that's suspicious. Uh, can't yep, move too right. fast because that's suspicious. Can't move too slow because that's suspicious. And it's, you get, you, you understand, like, the Lictor is not piloting this pod. The hive mind is directing, like, part of its attention to make sure that this one thing goes right, which is, yes. like, the hive mind connects everything. It is every creature and it pushes everything together. And it's like, you know, as you, as they approach what would be Vox communication range within a few kilometers, a bunch of creatures inside the pod destroy themselves and the and when they die they have an electrostatic shriek that acts as like chaff so that the yes. so that the pod can't be detected on radar or on vox frequencies and things like that and finally it gets all the way it glues itself to the hull and then the lictor just waits it just sits there it lets the geller field of the of the ship protect it as the ship goes to warp which mm-hmm. is also great like the lictor's not going to be attacked by demons because it's right on the hull it's exactly where it needs to be to be within the geller field and then you know the ship eventually reaches the bile system and the pod slowly detaches crashes in the desert like a hundred kilometers away from the blood angel fortress and the lictor just starts walking at night it yep. buries itself in the sand in the day it keeps itself hidden and then you know you get further in the book there's like the big battles are happening like the tyranids are landing 
billions of soldiers on the planet. They're running forward into fire, and the Lictor is just watching from a hill far away and analyzing because, like, the bar- the Blood Angel's fortress is built on an old, like, pre-heresy-era fortress that spanned... Yes, yeah, so vo- on a volcano. Yeah, yeah, on a volcano that spanned, like, kilometers around the banks of the volcano, but that's all buried under sand now. And the Lictor, like, uses sonar implants and uses information from Trigons and Morlocks tunneling under the surface to work yeah. out where weak points are to lead an insertion raid. And it's really interesting because it makes it clear, again, the Lictor is not thinking tactically. This is the hive mind manipulating, like, a little camera with a sonar pinger to work out <laughs> yeah. a weak spot in, like, an enemy defense. And then, you know, you pick up... It, it's like the hive mind is playing an RTS and the Blood Angels are playing a first-person shooter. It feels like... Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I like that analogy, yeah. Yeah, and you know, the hive mind, it picks up a group of gene stealers and it picks up a trigon and gets the trigon to break open a hole into a tunnel and it sends the lictor and the gene stealers in. And it's like, what's this lictor going to do? It's been hanging around for the whole book. The the long-term strategy, the lictor only ever existed to kill itself inside a void void shield generator to turn the generator off. So that the yep. void shield disappears and the Tyrants can overrun the entire fortress. Like, it is this amazing long-term plan. And you think and you go, there were 10 billion of these plans in motion. This was just the one that happened to work. One but of them, yeah. Each of them was being micromanaged. Um, yeah, oh, you get lots of great stuff about Tyranid planet falls in general. Like, you get some descriptions of, like, the atmosphere being processed and stuff. Um, which I really love because Tyranids deploy like three different waves of spores to completely fill a planet's atmosphere when mm-hmm. they attack yep. somewhere. So like there's the wave that will kill weaker people and animals because it's just like vicious viruses and bacterias. Then there's the wave designed to jam weapons and metal-based machinery because it just like starts <laughs> yeah. gunking up the works, starts rotting and rusting things away. And then there's the wave that starts preparing the atmosphere for like the building of these weird structures that suck up all the resources out of the planet and stuff. It's great. Like it's su- <laughs> it's such good tyranid writing. It, like, is, it should be it is, like he, this. Yeah. He, oh. Guy, Guy Haley has, has got it spot on. He really mm. has. Like you said, it's it's that clinical <laughs> approach to it. But you, I think it's why well, I find I find it interesting mm. is like you said, you got the clinical side, but you can see. The thought, like if the mm. if the Tyranid had, or you know, like the Lictor, for example, had thoughts, mm. it, you, you know what it would be thinking. Because obviously, yeah. he, he, what's quite good is he mentions often throughout, like if the you know if the Lictor had a mind of its own, it yeah. would think this, but it doesn't. So it, it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So it, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't mm. know any better. It's just being told what to do. But you know how. But you it show the way it portrays the hive mind, mm. and like I said the actual clare, careful you know precision planning to mm. you know to get this result is is amazing at times oh, I mean, yeah. like you said that <laughs> that whole lictor um size story is fantastic you know i mean yes you can to me you can see what's how it's unfolding but mm. i still found it so amazing as oh, it yeah. happened you know just the like i said yeah. the level of what it was doing and it's you know i like you said when it's camouflaging itself mm. the fact it's deliberately like you said deliberately sacrifices itself just to get you know the result done in the end mm. it, it's you know it's to a layer which is amazing you can't you wouldn't almost believe that the tyranny is a, a you know a 
possible, you know, that it's possible mm. that they could get to that sort of intricacy. <laughs> because I think that's what I found interesting, particularly about mm. the Tyranids, is the fact you see them in a light. Well, well I did anyway, where yeah. they're a lot more cunning and than they than you think they are because they do oh, come yeah. across for as this you know like I said this alien swarm you know they just mm. they just they're just all about the numbers just just bombard planets <laughs> with so many tyrannies that they can't cope and yes that is part of their strategy obviously that is how yeah. they go about things but there's there's much much more to it I mean for a start they're, they're shown to be more than just feeders because mm. let's be honest they they're deliberately targeting the blood angels they're deliberately yeah, yeah. targeting Baal because in the from a from a purely logical point of view the tyranids ha- should have no real interest in Baal mm. from they a from a resource it. yeah <laughs> because it's it's not resource um you know heavy. efficient for them to, d- yeah. to yeah heavy for them to to do it because like we know with tyrannies that you know they they go from planet to planet taking all the resources because obviously you need that resources to get mm. to the next planet or next set of planets or next galaxy or whatever they want to do mm. so in this case they are actually deliberately targeting the blood angels but but again to a layer on top of that they're actually targeting their whole bloodline it's yeah. not like they're not yeah. actually just trying to go oh we want to take out Baal we want to kill all the blood angels mm. we want to kill all their successors and yeah. to the point that we we even want to kill their future <laughs> as well because yeah. yeah. it's like you said when when that lictor takes out that generator so that the uh, tyrannids can sneak in the back so to speak mm. they're there gunning for the the neophytes that are in yeah, in tones, yeah. you know, resting and and preparing for the future. So they're trying to kill out, you know, kill off their their future mm. marines. I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah. crazy that the the hive mind can even think to that sort of level, you know. Yeah. Or, or again, compared to what we've seen with tyrannies before, where yeah, they come across yeah. as a mindless devourer, where they're actually really, really oh, not. Yeah. And like, it, it makes the point that the reason the hive mind is like this is because God, I, I was talking about this with someone the other day, but like, there's there's a theory that. AI could come about if we make a computer complex enough, it might just develop sentience on its own. Yes. Like if it has enough connections. The reason the hive mind is so powerful and smart and why it like blocks out the warp around it, for example, is because it's not a centralized mind. It is the natu- it is the natural sentience that just happens when this many billion or trillion or quadrillion living brains are all connected telepathically. Yeah. So, like that's how Tyrion's like like the hive mind probably just happened once Tyranids became successful enough on their original planet and Mm -hmm. grew to a big enough number and suddenly out of nowhere this level of sentience overarching sentience appeared and that was the beginning of the hive mind and you know we see here it the hive mind like individual Tyranids no longer feel they no longer really think or anything but the individual hive mind or the overarching hive mind words um (laughs) (laughs) the the overarching hive mind it has grudges like it hates the blood angels because they are very well documented at killing tyranids you know it yes. it intends to take them out you know like I said it wants to take out all their successes and it knows that an attack like this will draw all the successes in exactly like it, it's the big plan it's like this is on some level like it's the hive mind being a little illogical and saying i actually really don't like these things i want to get rid of them but on the same level it's being completely rational and saying these things are a problem we should get rid of them all at once we need to be <laughs> a big enough threat so it's it's that weird thing where it's like, is the hive mind a little not perfect in its rationality, or is it actually being perfectly rational, but in a way that makes it seem vindictive kind of thing? It's it's weird. I don't really yeah. like it. And, well, and, I, think, know, I think... Hmm, you're, you're, no, sorry, you're, I was going to say that it, to me it hmm. brings up a common theme between both sides, both the Tyranids and the Blood Angels, is this sort of... 
idea of sacrifice because yeah, yeah. there's a you know that happens a lot in in this in this novel <laughs> from both sides mm. you know because like i said they the Tyranids are, you know, from a, you know, from, cause they're, you know, realistically, they're quite an efficient race in the sense that, like I said, they, you know, they go for the, they go for the resources that they need, the resource they want. They ignore mm. things that may not be worthwhile, just move on. But, you know, they're throwing a lot of resources to take out Baal and the, you know, in the, the successor chapters, mm. because like I said, the, the end result is they're not from a, like I said, a resource point of view, they're not going to get the resources back that they lose if they drain the whole planet. It's not mm. going to work. But yeah. like I said, the long-term gain is they wipe out the blood angels and mm. therefore, you know, they get rid of one of their main enemies, you know, so to speak. But then on the flip side is you've got the blood angels giving up a lot of sacrifice. Like, like when it refers to on the back mm. of the book about the red scar region, yeah. they, you know, they, they're literally sacrificing whole planets to mm. slow down, the you know tyranny fleet so they can get the the, the defenses you know at bar ready um mm. you know they're 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 you know they're even they're sacrificing civilians you know the civilians yeah, yeah. that are giving up that are taking up arms there's um they're sacrificing the well future future marines mm. aren't they the you know the um sort of was it neophytes no it's the is it aspirants i can't remember aspirants? <laughs> yeah, i think so you know so ba- you know the the ones that would be obviously potentially future marines they're they, they're giving them a gun and say look you know there's forty thousand of you just you know just defend <laughs> defend mm. bar life you know like your life meant you know means it you know it's yeah. it's it's crazy that that both sides are sacrificing so much and it shows that they're actually quite alike in their own way, just but but from t- two completely different angles. Mm. I just thought that was, yeah, like I said, quite quite interesting. But also, it shows, especially from the tyranny's point of view, how misunderstood they are by the Imperium at times. Yeah, because yeah. there's there's they note, I think it's earlier in the novel that that the tyranny's were never seen to be much of a threat to the you know to the Imperium. Mm. They thought, oh, they're just a yeah, just an alien race. They take out the odd planet, yeah. and. You know that, and the, like I said, they were believed to be mindless, but they're clearly not. Oh yeah, <laughs> they've clearly got a lot of, you know, and it, it just it just shows that you know, and we've seen it before in other aspects where the Imperium can be quite um, mm. well arrogant to its <laughs> to its own degree, and it can sort of severely underestimate, you know, especially a lot of the Xenos mm. factions, you know, the, yeah. and Tyranids being one of them. That you know, like I said, they're arguably the greatest threat which is you know mm. what we said before so it's yeah it's quite interesting in that regard yeah yeah absolutely um but um oh. so i think what else let's <laughs> talk about <laughs> um, i mean i um I, i'll say like i there's a thing i adore in 40k which is getting down to the normal human level and this is how this yes. book opens which is fantastic like it opens with like it feels like this this first it feels like a episode four of star wars style you know this, <laughs> yeah it's literally a guy who's a moisture farmer like he bought he barrels and sells water on one mm. of Baal's moons Baal secundus i think and you know he lives there with his um with his now deceased wife's mother and he lives there with his son um and you know his his mother-in-law is constantly on this little auto it's called an auto tarot it's like a little machine that does tarot cards for you and then you do the reading yourself but like it flips up little cards for you which is great because it feels like this this medieval (laughs) peasant life but then there's old grandma there on the game boy um (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah well it's basically (laughs) 
you know, just yeah, working through things and going, oh, bad luck today, oh, good luck today, <laughs> maybe, etc. Um, and then it really connects them in with the rest of the 40k universe because his son is, um, brain damaged because he was, yes. and he was an aspirant for the Blood Angels. And during mm-hmm. the trial, he fell and injured himself and he came back. He was never the same. And, you That's know, right. it's, it's this story of his dad hates him for it because he had this young, strong, wonderful son who was going to go off and become an angel. And the angel sent him back this, this sniveling, well-muscled, but completely useless, otherwise apparently, apparently, uh, wreck. Um, yes. you know, and, you know, their story, their story does conclude. They show up again at the end of the book and partway through the book as well, uh, because they get conscripted to fight. Um, on Pile Primus with the Blood Angels because they're over the age of 10 and they can hold a weapon, so they have to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty rough. Um, but that initial thing really humanizes Like, he said it's a terrible storm day, so he won't get many customers, so things will get worse, but he has to go into town and set up anyway. So he sets up his stall. It's like the town where Sanguinius was, quote-unquote, born, found, really, or something yes. like that. Yeah, because there's this enormous statue of Sanguinius, which is the only bit of the town you can see because of this red dust storm that's covering everything. And yeah, then, I think it's called Angel's Fall, I think. Angel's Fall, yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, and then th- th- this is the start of the book, and then from there you pan up because a single space marine walks by and stops and like talks to them for a second. It's like, wow, we saw a space marine. And then just this legion begins marching past to pay their respects at the statue of Sanguinius. And it was like, wow, what's going on? This must be a really important, wonderful day. And grandma's like, you idiot, they came here to die. Um. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. I, oh, and I, I think, so good. I think it, it shows also that the, the novel isn't, af- isn't afraid to be quite harsh at times to mm. a character or a situation. You know, I don't know if it's the same for you, but there's certain times where I, you know, certain scenes that I read in it, I'm thinking, wow, that was, Mm. a bit unexpected or a bit you know there weren't no holding back there again like yeah, that situation yeah. you mentioned with the father and son where you know you feel so- sorry for the son and mm. you know you f- you know and obviously a, a bit of hatred towards the dad for the way he's <laughs> treating his son um mm. there's that scene later where i think it's uh, seth of the flesh terrors mm. and jewel of the knights of blood where they're you know they're sort of reminiscing about this particular um area on i think it's one of the the, the moons yeah where yeah. he's there you know they're they're you know they're arguing backwards and forwards about you know the future of their chapters etc and you know the 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 boy that that led him to this particular place breaks his you know jewel breaks his neck and he goes right do you want to seth do you want to feed on him with me like (laughs) whoa you know it's just like it's just you know you know these are space marines you just don't i know Mm, obviously the 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 whole history with the red thirst and and things like that is there but it was just so casual you know like i'm just gonna break his neck yeah. Do you want to join? Oh, okay. And it's just, the, <laughs> and it's the fact that obviously Seth refuses, and mm. he's like, "Well, that's okay because I like eating alone anyway." It's like, oh, it's it's like almost oh, horror like. It's oh it's, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, and and you think that'd be more the Tyranid side, but this is the, this is the Blood Angel side. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's coming over this side of things. It's mm. yeah, it's it's quite yeah, quite chilling at times, which is a good mm. thing. It just shows you the the harshness of the you know the situation and and actually talking of harshness talking about Baal and its moons mm. uh primus and secundus anyway that it, it's a horrible place to, oh, yeah. to be oh yeah it's, 
you know it, it's funny for for you know for a lot of people where you you know i said you may know about the blood angels but you may not be familiar with their home world and mm. probably most people aren't until you you know started reading about like this novel is you think it would be a lovely place you think oh it's the home world of the blood angels you know mm. one of the most highly decorated you know former legions now chapter of the imperium yeah. and it's yeah. a horrible place it's a desert planet there's no water it's got dodgy gravity you've got two toxic moons that were basically destroyed because the the you know the people on them fell out with mm. each other and started taking you know started a civil war amongst each other and then ended up sort of burning it to the ground it's it's just a horrible like, you know even the, even mm. the you know the civilians just don't want to live they just got no choice that's just oh, like, yeah yeah it's it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, so like yeah. that that's where 40k is at its best i think where you yes. get you get down from the level of space marines and orcs and tyranids and eldar and everything you go down to what what does the common person do what's their life like in this area and like in some places it's quite nice like you get the stuff in the eisenhorn books like you got thracian and all the other garden worlds where they're, they're heavily populated and there's a lot of industry going on and life's a bit difficult, but it's not bad. And then you go to Baal, it's like, I'm a moisture farmer. No one's coming out today because of the storm, so I might starve next week. <laughs> also, the Tyranids yeah. are coming to eat all of us, so that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. It sounds like it's a really depressing book, and but mm. that's what's quite good over the way, it's, how well it's written, is it doesn't come across that way. You know, it, it come. It doesn't come yeah. across like a negative book, even though the whole story is quite negative. You know, from the perspective, mm, especially yeah. obviously the Blood Angels and and their successes, where you know you get in certain chap. You know, you, you you we see the literally the destruction of certain chapters mm. in this book oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, they, they get literally wiped out. They will never recover. Yeah, yeah, never again. You know, and you've got some very. Uh, you know, there's a lot of emergency situations where, you know, like the Blood Angel gene seeds are being sent away mm, by, you know, with yeah. Sanguarian priests to, you know, yeah. to be on and another planet scouts. just in case. Yeah, yeah ten with, scouts, yeah. one priest and a big crater gene seed. Yeah, just <laughs> just to, like just the- in case. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's- it feels like the start of a 40k pulp fiction. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah, it does. It's it's uh, it's crazy. Oh, or something mm. in Wrath and Glory. <laughs> like, oh yeah, future mm. story. <laughs> <laughs> story. <laughs> Save the gene seed. But oh yeah, you know, but that, like, it shows you things are the, grim. The, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it is a very grim book, but in a but written in a very easy to read way you know that you don't feel like oh mm. god this is like chewing on a brick you know where it's just oh, just yeah. hard work to get through it it's not it's mm. and it, i think i like the fact that it, it jumps around in a very sort of finely balanced way as well like i said you, you know mm. you'll have your fight scene then it'll bounce to what mephiston's up to and then it'll bounce to what dante's yeah. up to and then then to the lictor and oh we're having another fight mm. again it's 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 really good um the only actually talking to mephiston the only one sort of area i was a bit Mm, that's a shame when i sort of mm. read it was how his angle his you know s- sort of sub story sort of ends didn't did, yeah. you, did you feel sort of when mephiston's part of things just just sort of stopped it was like okay yeah. and then you just don't see him for the rest of the book it sort of yeah bit, i mean oh okay like i, I get why because but... the book was already really really goddamn complicated um there's <laughs> yeah, a lot true, to work with true. Uh, and also, like, Mephiston's a bit OP, please nerf, um, <laughs> story-wise, like, <laughs> here's yeah. this amazing psycho who can do things even when the Tyranids are covering up the warp and everything, and he's great and he's powerful and he's wonderful, like, nothing gets him, he's a good character, I like him, but mm-hmm. 
he's a little more difficult to write than like Dante is a great commander and he's a very good fighter, but he has limits. Whereas Mephiston can do these crazy things, and we see him do crazy things in the book as well. Yes. But like <clears throat> his his arc is he's there to like forewarn to herald to have premonitions of Carbanda, the bloodthirster coming into the fray. And, like, that's not a large part of the book. And, like, I mean, it feels suitable how how he went out because, like, you know, he does a big ritual with a bunch of other librarians from other chapters inside a sacred, evil sort of mountain tomb filled with red ruby <laughs> crystals that grow out yeah. of the warp and things like that. And, like, they do their best to seal away Carbanda and stop things getting worse. We can't have a high fleet and the the incarnation of rage appear as well at the same time because we'll lose everyone and like stakes yeah. are high there but he messes up and a bunch of librarians die and he doesn't stop it he just shunts him off to one side so he shows up on one of the moons instead um and like the, the, there were suitable stakes there and stuff it felt a little off but like things like that would happen Th- this is when mephiston gets one shot by a last cannon at the start of the game that's what it yeah is. <laughs> yeah yeah no i can see sometimes sometimes yeah. it just happens um yeah, I don't. I I don't see how they could have worked him in really well. Uh, yeah, the, rest of the book as well as the thing. So like, I, I'm not too fussed. No, I, I mm. he did, don't worry. He didn't he didn't spoil the book for me any means. It was just a bit oh, of the yeah. fact that, like he just got stuck in a tomb and and like right, we can't get out. And then <laughs> and then the whole story just carries on. But no, mm. I I can, yeah, I can see why they had they sort of sort of shut him down because like I said, he, he could literally have changed mm. the rest of the book and. And yeah. to be honest, you wouldn't want that because the book, no. sort of, the rest of the book went out the way you would hoped it did. So mm. you know, it's yeah. No, I can see that. Uh, yeah, I mean, is there any anything else you wanted to add overall? Oh, I mean, it's just a good goddamn book, my dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're hopefully getting that across to everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's another very good portrayal of Raboot Gilliman, um, which, yes. I mean, I know he's the Primarch of the Ultramarines, and, you know, he's the favoured son, and he's perfect, and everyone loves him, whatever. He's a good character in the books. He's not as good in, like, the Codexes, maybe. Like, Codex is a propaganda written by Games Workshop to make you like Ultramarines, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, Gilliman is actually really well written. Like Dante, in his mind, is like an equal because he is someone mm. who has given up everything. He is someone who has been holding everything together while Gilliman slept in stasis. You know, he is someone who is so ancient. Like he's he's actually older than Gilliman in terms of like lived age. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because the Great Crusade, the Great Crusade was a couple hundred years. The Horus Heresy was like. 10 to 20 years max and Gilliman was around for a, a few hundred years after that before Fulgrim got him <clears throat> so Gilliman's only like 800 to 900 years old in like terms of time actually lived and yeah, not in yep. stasis and here Dante's all, probably almost double his actual proper age, age. <laughs> <laughs> like Dante is a venerable commander like Gilliman respects that and respects what he's done and what he's tried to do and everything and like that felt good like Dante might not be allowed to die because we've got to keep selling his model. Um, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but he deserves the respect of, you know, the now Imperial Regent, the leader of the entire Imperium. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it felt good to have that interaction because, again, it shows Gilman's not just in charge and taking it for granted that he's in charge. Like, he works with people. He wants people to understand that 
they can be on an equal footing with him because he's not divine, he's not a god, he's not the son of a god or anything like that. And he's trying to trail people this, but they keep saying they've got the emperor is a god and things like that. It's like, yeah, oh. Stop praising <laughs> him. <laughs> stop it. He likes it, and I hate that he likes it, so stop it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I feel it was just a very good book overall. It handled yeah. a lot of difficult things to write about really well. It handled just a large variety of things really well. Um, and you should definitely read it if you haven't read it already, even, or even though we've spoiled like 80% of it for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, wholeheartedly agree on that. It is, like I said, I think of the sort of current era of books, this is definitely, mm. from a 40k perspective, it is definitely one of the best. Oh, and, yeah. you know, like I said, it's a big, it's a big, a big book as well. It's probably <laughs> 400 plus pages. So it's a, it's a big read and it's just worth it. Even, I mean, if you, mm. if you love, if you like your Blood Angels or Tyranids, you're going to love it, especially Blood oh, Angels because yeah. obviously they're the main mm. focus. If you don't know that much about them and want to, again, it gives you a massive insight into it and all, yeah. like I said, all the politics that goes amongst it. You've got some, and like I said, you've got some, quite shocking little scenes you've got mm. like some really in like there's some like i was one of my personal highlights in this novel is yeah. in one of the sort of fight scenes is when some death company get involved and they're mm. they're fighting the tyranids but they think because of the, the black rage yeah. they think they're heretics and mm. you know so they're going to tyranids die heretic and it's like it's a tyranid it's not a yeah. traitor marine it's not like like, it's, like one of the conscripts is nearby just looking at the chaplain just looks and is like don't think about it yeah 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 exactly <laughs> it's just don't tell them they don't know any better it's it's great it's like and also it's just very well written i think mm, yeah like i said guy haley i think he's definitely one of the stronger authors mm. of the black library uh books and obviously he's the one that did dark imperium as well and obviously mm -hmm. plague war which is what you, you mentioned earlier in the show uh yeah like i said check it out it's 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 definitely i think if you're getting into 40k or getting into the current um 40k sort of situation because you see it a lot online like oh i want to get into 40k what should i read again dark imperium is an obvious choice and obviously mm. play gone and they're coming out and i de i think after dark imperium devastation of Baal is definitely oh, yeah. oh, yeah. to me one of the next in line because again it, it just gives you so much more context of what's going on like cameron said earlier where you know it's the start of the great rift which is obviously a you know the current day era eye of terror so to speak and you know it's and how how much it changes the the galaxy so no definitely it is it is mm. very well worth reading this one so go check it yeah. out yeah go for it so so yeah so that's been our main law topic and we're just going to take our last little break and when we're mm. back we're going to do our discussion topic and think what are they going to amalgamate in aos back soon And welcome back to the final part of the show. And as discussed, we're going to, as inspiration from the recent Beasts of Chaos battle tome, we're sort of, in this discussion topic, we're going to sort of theorize what fa AOS, AOS factions we think may be brought together and sort of amalgamated into their own, mm -hmm. you know, battle tome, etc. Because, you know, let's be honest, there's a few factions out there that are sort of in <laughs> no man's land or no mm -hmm. realm's land. Um, no, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, however you want to put it so uh, you know we'll take it in turns you know mm, put forward yeah. our you know suggestion or theory mm. and then we'll talk about it so yeah. um cameron if you want to start mate what's your sort of first theory for too long the clans have been divided ladies and gentlemen it's time for <laughs> battle tome skaven just skaven <laughs> yes none of this pestilence or scryer nonsense just skaven they need it yep 
Like, honestly, I, I know I've said this before. I don't want to get on my high horse about it or whatever. I'll keep my soapbox <laughs> stowed away. Um, I, I just want a Legions of Nagash style battle tome for Skaven where you can take mm-hmm. all the different Skaven units as one big amalgam and have them work because that's how Skaven should be. They deal with each other. They pay money to get Plague Priests and they pay Warpstone to get, well, they, I guess they pay, pay like victims and poxes to get Plague Priests and they pay <laughs> Warpstone tokens and slaves to get Clan Scryer on their side. They pay strange beasts and exotic materials to get Clan Mulder style clans on their side. You should be able to, I mean, you can under Grand Alliance Chaos, but it's not Skaven-themed. It's just Chaos-themed at that point. You should be able to run a big Skaven army that's got Allegiance Skaven with suitably Skaven artifacts and suitably Skaven Allegiance rules and things like that. I think that would be fantastic and it should be done. (laughs) (laughs) I can feel the passion coming across Mm. there. (laughs) Got it done. (laughs) Do it. No, you're you're right, actually, because that's one of the the things I put on here, actually, I think that's mm. my, yeah, my second one I put on here, that, yeah, combine the clans. They're not, in their sort of, especially from a model point of view as well, they're not strong mm. enough individually. There's not enough oh, yeah. of them around mm. to, you know, there's not enough individual units to make them their own clans by themselves. I think what they should do, bring bring all the clans together and then add another clan in the mix, mm. okay? Yeah. So yeah. I was thinking, right, what, what new clan would you have? And I thought... I would really like a Shanesh inspired Skaven clan. Ooh, okay. So similar, you know, simple. When I say Shanesh mm. inspired, similar to how you, you have can, clan pestilence with the, mm. you know, the Nurgle side of things. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, where you have a, you know, because let's be honest, Skaven are, are, are the, arguably the most selfish of all oh, races, yeah, as we've yeah. said before. And, you know, and and, and obsessed with themselves and, and their, you know, how they come across and, the you know, the, the battle for power and all that. So to mm. me, you know, from a Sinesh point of view, uh, you know, sort of being able to have that across. I don't know. I, I don't know in what way. I'm not saying I'm expecting mm. some sort of Skaven. multi-breasted yeah. Skaven no. or something like I mean, that. I don't mean No, it, I, I but, can see uh, it, but, like... Slanesh is about excess, so clearly this should yes. be just, this should just be the Horder clan of Skaven. Yes, clan exactly. Horder, clan you Horder. Know. Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he just just some that, that is obsessed with, like I said, Hort, like I said, having everything because mm. they could, they they you know they've got the bodies to to mm. to, to do it. And again, and you could imagine that being a clan because again, there's so much infighting as we've said before with the Skaven amongst mm. the different clans and obviously within the clans themselves that. You could see, you know, where one one particular Skaven has more than the other Skaven, then they backstab them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. I just think I'm not saying it would be the main clan because I think you, you've already got the established ones to be that. But you know, combine the current ones, add in, like I said, like a hoarder excess mm. type clan, just to, yeah. again, just a bit because I think Flesh them out a with little. a lot of yeah, because yeah. I, I think with a lot of the factions, you know, they've been around for a long time and. You, you need, they do need a freshen up. And I suppose, especially with Skaven, there's so many of them. There's nothing wrong with it. And, you know, if mm. you said, oh, yeah, we found a new clan that's just, just to, that's, you know, come into existence, you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't go, oh, that's a bit weird. You think, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> probably right. There's enough of them. Mm. You know, they, they mm. get together. They start, they, you could have three new clans. You could have 10 new clans. It wouldn't, mm. you know, mm. that wouldn't be weird. So I think it would then also, yeah, like I said, freshen them up as well as a whole race. Yeah. You know, yeah. you've got them in one one combination, one battle tome, mm. and a new a new clan just to you know for a bit of 
something yeah. new and shiny. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, your one. Right. Uh, first one's right. Let's let's in a sense bring the empire back. Let's yeah. get the free. Let's let's have a free guilds battle yeah. tone because I'm into you've this. got. <laughs> yeah, you, this doesn't make any sense for having them all separate. You know, you've got the free peoples, you've got the devoted of Sigmar, you've got the mm. Ironweld Arsenal, the Collegiate Arcane, and, you know, put them into, uh, you know, the Empire. Because, thing. Yeah. yeah, because obviously, you know, as we know with all these games, humans are, you know, are obviously going to be one of the main draws for a lot of people because. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm guessing we're all human ourselves. And, <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Well, you know, we're On not alien any no other races. you're a dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you know, woof, woof to all of you out there. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> but, you know, not everyone wants to be Stormcast Eternals. Not everyone, mm. you know, because sometimes, it's you know, again, it's no different to 40K. Not everyone wants to be Space Marines. Some people want to be Imperial Guard Astra Militarum, mm. you know, they, yeah. we need a strong equivalent of that in AOS. So, you know, okay, don't call them the Empire anymore because that doesn't make any sense anymore, but make them a free guild. And even mm. better, like we saw when we spoke about the novel City of Secrets, mm-hmm. where you've got the different regiments. Oh, you know, yeah. The different, yeah. have rules, have rules based around mm. these different regiments. Um, my mind's gone blank with some of the names of some <laughs> of them, but, you know, we, <laughs> yeah. we spoke yeah. about it. But Iron Balls you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, have they have different rules? You know, have you know have about six of them? Like, you know, that seems mm. to be a, a good number for a lot of these <laughs> things. Um, you know, or, or have different realm rules per free guilds. You know, the free or good free guilds from Shais are different to the free guilds mm. from, uh, you know, from yeah. Gura. You know, what, whatever yeah. you want to do. It's it's because you know there's going to be free guilds everywhere. They you know they and they're the they it's it's odd because they're so they're so prominent because like we saw in city of secrets pretty much every human city or town or village is mm. if they've got military there that's not sto- that's not always going to be stormcast obviously because there's only going to be oh, so yeah. many of them they're out fighting battles it's going to be the free guilds there so i think mm. you know this is a very very obvious choice bring them all together you've got you know said so you've got the knights you've got the the, the wizards, you've got the, the warrior priests and the witch hunters all there as, as specialist units. And then just, like I said, bulk mm. out the, the troops, you know, the halberdiers and the knights and spearmen and things like that. And yeah. like I said, have a have a solid free guilds battle time. I think that's one of the most obvious that mm. they could do, to be honest. Yeah, I like that one. That sounds really good. Mm. Um, Definitely. Yeah. What's your next what's, one? Mm. Mm. What would my next one be? Brain suddenly turned off. Um <laughs> Oh god, it's happening again! Uh, um, <laughs> not again! Not a, uh, the change. Um, no. <laughs> I think need I more, think, alcohol, more alcohol. <laughs> oh god, apparently. Um, I think what we really, really need is elves need more love. We've got daughters yes. of Cain. We've got Ideneth. We've got coming at some point, possibly, probably. Okay, they're definitely coming at some point. The light and shadow elves of um Valerian yep. and Tyrion and Teclas. But we also want to see all those good old elves who now just kind of work the oceans and the cities of the mortal realms. They should conglomerate together. I would love to see um Battle Tome Elves, I guess. Elves. Yes. Elves. Yeah. Um, elves. <laughs> um because I think it'd be really interesting, like perhaps they wouldn't look so congruent as a model range to have all the old dark elf and high elf and wood elf stuff together. But I still mm-hmm. think it'd be really cool. 
Um, and it, it makes sense in the law, like in you know in the current law for Age of Sigma, the High Elves are like the couriers for st- for um cities of order and things like that. They're the Eldritch Council, the the mages that preside over magical matters in those cities. And the Dark Elves are all privateers. They are mercenary pirates, and they are secret sorceresses and things like that. And you know, wandering knights riding Velociraptors because that's great. Like yeah. let those all come together. I mean, again, you can do that in a generic order army but have you know have rules for it have things like have uh elven swiftness come back for like an always strikes first effect sometimes and things like that because mm-hmm. i miss those days of warhammer fantasy where the elves just got to go first unless they had great weapons um <laughs> I, I don't miss those days um but like you can do you can do lots of interesting things with the concept and like you can introduce a few new models to help tie them together like visually a bit more maybe have something that's a bit more half and half Instead of the very distinct, I mean, you can also do that with a good paint scheme. To be honest, you can bring them together True. all right. Yeah, like there's lots you can do, and just like expand on them a little in general. Like there was lots of great stuff that was done with that. That was that was done with elves. Ugh. Was <laughs> that, that was, was done with elves, Gav? That, <laughs> yeah, look, Games Workshop did a lot of good things with elves in the past. They they've done some really good things recently with Daughters of Cain and Nightmare. I mm-hmm. believe they can, you know bring all these good elf models back together it would be great i would love it <laughs> yeah yeah that was one of my next ones i think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that yeah combine the high dark and wood elves together put them in a in a nice place and yeah i i do you know i had a few thoughts that would would do we want to combine them or would mm. we want to give them a the like a like a common theme of some sort because mm. i sort of thinking i know it's slightly similar to the deepkin but making them almost like a pirate faction where you've got obviously the dark elves, you know, like the private, like the scourge privateers and things like that. They, you know, they're almost effectively like Mm. a form of pirate. And, you know, you, when I mean pirates, not necessarily on the seas as such, but almost like a, like a like raiders, you know, like a combined. Yeah. You know, sort of where they're, you know, they've got, you've got like the high elf uh, dragons and hawks, Mm. you know, coming Mm. in and like I said, you've got the wood elf, um, you know, hiding in the wood elves, hiding in the in the woods. You know, uh, the way watchers and things like that. You know, the wanderers. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I think you could have like a like this sort of you know like a like I said a band of elves that all complement each other where they're not like mm. a high dark wood doesn't really make it any difference anymore. That's just and like I said having common sort of color schemes and things like that, and they just become mm. you know a collective like a marauding you know force that you know. Uh, it sort mm. of looks after itself so to speak you know yeah uh, they yeah. can team up with the witch out um with the daughters of cain and <laughs> and the deep kin if if mm. if needed but but they're their own sort of thing it's almost like they're fighting back for elves in general you know as a, yeah. as a collective so yeah i think i think again mm. it makes sense because again they're so all over the place oh yeah you know, when, i'm just i'm just on the website now just looking at the different <laughs> <laughs> elf Sort of, uh, you know, factions as such, and it's like, what's it? What? Put right. There's, if you, if you ignore the, <laughs> exactly, if you ignore the, ignore the Deepkin and, and the Daughters of Cain, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, they're just yeah. sort of just, and and some of them only have like two models. Oh yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like bring them together, <laughs> and it, and the thing is, they don't have to come under as light and dark, you know sorry light and shadow elves they mm. can have, you you know elves are such a strong faction as a and a race in general they can have multiple ones yeah so you can yeah. have 
you could have a battle time just for the elves that are left. You could mm. have the light and shadow elves and then have the deep kin and daughters of Cain. Oh, yeah. They could all be together. You know, they don't have to be all amalgamated again. They could all mm. be, mm. you know, separate under different regimes under elves, really. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was yours, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <was> go. <laughs> um, what was my next one? Um, I was, yeah, I was looking at from sort of from the death's perspective um because mm. death always in, is again in a funny place because i suppose legion and the gash have brought them together mm. you've got the obviously the recent night horn but i thought i was thinking you could potentially combine the soul blight and the flesh eater courts together mm. um i think my sort of sort of thought process with that is the you know we're having you know having vampires leading ghouls mm. is sort of you know makes sense from a hierarchy point of view because I, I suppose the problem is with death because there's less sort of factions mm. and they're already being slightly amalgamated yeah again you could i think it'd be pretty boring just to amalgam- amalgamate them all again so mm. it may be worth sort of you know pairing them up to a degree and that's why i said yeah. i think soul blight um taking command of the flesh eater courts because let's mm. be honest flesh eater courts don't really know any different yeah you know, they're sort of, they, yeah, <laughs> they, they think they're kings and queens and stuff when mm. <laughs> you and know I mean, and, and yeah and i mean to be fair they are vampires technically yeah like to it technically ghoul, yeah yeah ghoul kings are all fallen vampires and you know yeah. their various subjects are like thralls basically they're still alive yeah yeah but they're not really a hundred percent human anymore no kind of exactly thing. Mm. So you know, so you could have this where you've got the flesh eater courts as the as the chaff sort of mm. troops, and then like I said, you've got the the vampire lords and and such like yeah, behind them. Yeah. You know, sort of leading them. I just think it would they just sort of would naturally go together. And I think there's enough units between mm. them to <laughs> to flesh them out. Um, <laughs> hey. 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 I'm here all week. Um, oh, <laughs> and it, it'd be nice because it would bring back some of the fantastic mm. models that they've got, you know, like the vampire Lord on a zombie dragon. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Manfred is amazing. The blood mm. knights look really awesome as oh, well. Yeah. The terror geist, yeah. you know, things like that. And yeah, I just think it would, they just naturally would pair together. And it, mm. But then it would still give a fle- bit more flexibility in death as a grand mm. alliance. You, oh, yeah. You've still got yeah. Nighthaunt, you've still got the Legions, you've still got uh, the other different smaller factions. But I think, yeah, these mm. two would sort of naturally just go together, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got one final one, which is, uh, okay. hey, it's, it's October, green is best. Uh, just let all the greenskins <laughs> be friends. Yeah, just let yeah. all the greenskins be friends. You know, you've got the... Because the thing with Age of Sigmar is, like, a lot of focus has been on the more interesting Orc and Grot factions, like Moon Clan mm-hmm. and Iron Jaws, and, you know, the other various more interesting things. Of, I mean, uh, it's not just green. This is destruction as a whole, I would say. Let ogres yeah. also be friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, there's generic Grots, which are kind of being left in the dust, and then there's generic Greenskins, which have really been left in the dust. Um, True. Like... No one really remembers they exist except for the fact that they have a collect- start collecting box and that's about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's not bad to have generic fantasy orc. You can have generic no. fantasy orc. That's fine. You don't have to have these bone splitters and these iron jaws and these spider grots and these moon grots. And the- You can just have normal orcs. And yeah. sure, they're not super interesting. So you know how you make them interesting? Make them the the cheap and easy base troop choice in a big 
combined destruction army. Mm, beasts, yeah. like I said, like I said earlier in the episode, beasts of destruction. Just go with it. It's going to be yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't mm. disagree with that. And I, and sort of slightly jumping on that, I feel the same about the well, the Dwarden, the dwarves. In mm. that sense, mm. there needs to be more. There's nothing wrong with having a generic Dwarden army. Yeah. You know, yeah. because obviously your choice is now putting aside the you know the smaller factions. Um, was it the dispossessed? I think they're known as now. Um, mm. You've got the choice of fire slayers, which is a very particular type of mm. Dwarden, and it's same with the overlords as well. You know, yeah, they're they're, yeah. they're not. You know, you may not want steampunk dwarves. <laughs> it's not. You know, it may not be a thing. Sometimes you just want your classic mm. dwarves with yeah. you know with just normal sort of cannons, axes, and things like that. So. Yeah, do again. I, I, I know it's obviously because <laughs> it's obviously down to like <laughs> trademarking and all that sort of stuff. But there's nothing mm. wrong with having, you know, that's what some people do. Or just, you know, just make them interesting. Make them because you've got the realms, because you've got different mm. regiments. Like we were when we were talking about the free guilds, is you, you can make them in. You know, just because they're in air quotes generic, you can still make them interesting. Mm. They don't have to be fire slayers. They don't have to yeah, have yeah. big orange mohawks to, and tattoos <laughs> to be interesting. They all, you know, it's you can achieve it. It's just you just need to, like I said, put a bit of diversity mm. in them to to make them interesting. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, I can I can see that. Um, yeah, I think that's sort of all the ones I had as well. I did put maybe Chaos Demons combined, similar to 40k, mm. but yeah, you know, you can sort of do that anyway, yeah, really. It doesn't need yeah. to be, I think, brought be together cool, to be fair to have a more yeah. like demonic incursion battle tome kind of thing. Good work. Um, that's about all for me. I don't, I can't yes. think of any more off the top of my head. Um, no, I mean, I know we've said some quite obvious ones, but yeah, it, it needs doing. Yeah, and you know, it, it, but you can always add to, to these things. You know, they mm. there's nothing you know similar you know similar to what they've done with Beasts of Chaos. You, mm. you know, they they've mm. only combined ones that already exist. But they thought, oh, here you go, here's a start collecting box, here's a herdstone, here's some endless spells. There's nothing stopping them doing that with these ones. Mm. So you yeah. know, like again, we're talking about the free guilds. Just they're already there. Just add maybe a couple of extra units just for a bit of something new mm. and shiny and off you go really and it'll just give yeah. people just you know a bit of like i said a bit of something a bit more interesting that's not you know some of these sort of mm. f- uh, factions that are at the forefront really so yeah yeah, yeah. okay um, happy days i guess we'll finish right. up then wow yeah let's do it it's been this went all right it, yeah, it's, it's been, been a good bit to be back. recorded. <laughs> exactly, you know, a bit bit rusty and in my case very sleep deprived. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, we managed to get through it. Hooray. Hooray. Uh, so yeah, we'll just we'll just wrap up with the usual uh, end of the show. Um so yeah, so from a social media point of view, you can check us out on mainly Twitter, twittercom ruin. That's where most of our stuff happens. Uh, same for Facebook, facebook.com slash Realm and Ruin. Um, we also greatly appreciate any iTunes reviews that people give us. So if you want to go on iTunes and give us five-star review, it's we love that. Thank you very much. Um, again, we mentioned it obviously multiple times throughout the show is our <laughs> Discord server. Um, you know, I gave everyone on there a real big thanks for you know, their support at the start of this show. Mm. And as always, really appreciate everyone on there because we've got some great people on there um you know as we saw last episode with adrian where he gave us all his you know painting tips and things Mm. like that so you know just jump on there you know and it's we got like i said a really lovely community on there you know that 
just we just like talking Warhammer. And, and to be fair, we've added a few extra channels on there, which is for mm. non-Warhammer stuff. You you know, you want to talk about you know video games and music and stuff like because you know we can just still talk about it, but then it oh, gets yeah. people talking about Warhammer stuff at the same <laughs> time. So. <laughs> So, like I said, the link for our Discord server will be in the notes as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's it. And again, you know, thanks to to Squish for his lore that we had at the start of the show, and congratulations to our competition winner. And and also again, thanks to everyone listening. You know, I know it said it's been a bit sporadic with obviously real life stuff happening in recent times, but like I said, hopefully now we'll get back to our normal sort of you know, every two weeks schedule and, uh, you know, keep going. So, um, mm. as always, uh, where can people find you on the internet, Cameron? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, come join me at the moment. I'm talking about how destiny two is good again, because it's very, good <laughs> um, it, it got better. It finally, it took its time, but it got there. Uh, <laughs> I left that train a while ago. Unfortunately, I, 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 yeah, I, you know, it was I a long in- journey. <laughs> exactly i mean I, I pumped 500 hours into the first game and mm. and i just just bounced off the second one it just didn't do enough and i I feel mm. like i'm a bit i just don't have the time now to, <laughs> to jump yeah. back into it again but hey ho cool um mm. you can also find me on twitter at ninja badger seven um I, I don't know what i'm doing on there at the moment really not, not much, <laughs> not to be much. no not at the moment it's just not too much going on really i said spent most of it mm. on the uh the realm and ruin one but uh Yep, that's where you can find us if you want to chat. And again, if you've got any feedback or uh, future topics you want us to just, you know talk about or anything like that, then mm. you know contact us on any of these various channels. Also, you've got the website as well, realmandruin.com. There's a contact page on there. So again, you can always do that for us. And yeah, that's been mm. episode 15. It's great to be back and long may it continue. And mm. we'll catch you on the next show. Bye. Ta-ra. 